The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S.com. Matt, have you ever had phone sex? <laughs> all, all, all the time, actually. It's my favorite form of sex next to dry, dry sex. I mean, it, it doesn't get much drier than, than casual conversation. So in my day phone sex was a very different thing because when when you would get on there the first thing somebody would usually ask you is what are you wearing yes. and and you could you could lie you could say whatever the fuck you wanted because it could be i'm wearing z cavaricis and a members only jacket because i'm cool uh and i just was done shopping the chess king but that is unfortunately nowadays it's like i'm wearing acid wash jeans and a striper t-shirt and people are going to see it because of social media and, and and when you tinned and when you grind or whatever. And and I think it's important to put your best look forward. That's very true. But you also have to keep in mind that the striper shirt might be in now. I mean, you go to Kohl's, you buy yourself wash. a striper shirt. Oh, it's in the wash, though. You shoot, prove such a valid I, point. Now, I, I had it on for five days straight, man. Now, my question is. Do you know of a place in which I can purchase new clothing at a potentially discounted rate for listening to this podcast? Not just new clothing, but hot clothing. I'm talking about the real tight shit. I'm talking about stuff that's going to make your nipples feel fierce. Your nipples are going to pop? Wait, you're talking about my nipples are going to pop? I mean, not as much pop. I know yours are inverted. But they will feel safe and and protected. And and those places, uh, should you care to go to them, are thehate.com, that's www.thehvii.com, and our other buddies over at Statusphere Merch. Now, both of these are friends of the shows, and that's why we advertise them, but also it's because they've got great stuff. They do. They got some fly-ass gear. They also got spring spring and summer lines coming. They're going to keep you fresh looking all fucking, all fucking year. It is the right time to shop. So if you happen to go looking for some new clothes, go to thehate.com, use our code HBG15, get 15% off your order there. And if you're also interested, check out statusphere.merch.com, use a code TEAR, get 15% off there as well. Welcome to episode 83 of the podcast of Taint Talk. Uh, if you watch the YouTube video, that'll make sense. If not, we talked about Taints a bunch and renaming the podcast, the podcast to Taint Talk. This is a production of the Galactic Network. I'm your host, Matt Stein. With me, as always, is Corey Nine Inch Taint Scott. Corey, how are you? Hi, Mom. Wait, is your mom watching? <laughs> I, we'll see. Damn it. When, when she heard I was going to be on, she did tune in, yes. <laughs> Just, you're not, I, I got nothing. Anything I say will be really mean and offensive. Um... Uh, you clearly heard a third voice. If this is your first time listening to the show, we have guests once in a while. This is your first show. You should probably go back to a less offensive one. Uh, but our guest this week is co-creator of Hate Brand Goods. He's a Highlight Games athlete, and he's an ex-professional beard grower. He's kind of a world-class vlogger for, like, the six people that watch his shitty videos. Mike Beach, how are you, buddy? I'm fantastic, man. Yeah, I like how you're waving to no one. No one. Audio, the sound. audio podcast, and he's waving. Radio visual, guys. Just <laughs> yeah, wrong The way to that. build an audience is to act like you already have an audience. There you go. And just see if you can get people to buy in. Well, we're hoping by Beach being here that we'll, we'll bump it up to like 10. We'll get double digits in our listeners. Woo. 
Yeah, I figured that, that's exactly what it is. We've been saying we have seven listeners this entire time. It's a bunch of bullshit. We don't. But uh, we figure if we if we say seven, then we could actually make it up to at least four. That's possible. I do. Uh, speaking of, no, I got to pause while I can find the sound. Wait for it. Corey, where the fuck did it go? Oh, here it is. We actually uh, hit 30,000 downloads yesterday. Yeah, right? Well, it doesn't matter to Beach. He doesn't care. He's a fucking worldwide clothing company. Care deeply. An empire. Clothing empire, if you will. He's sitting that in sales every month, so what does it matter? Yeah. But for us, that's... Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, it's hard because my phone just has to keep downloading and erase and then download and erase and download and erase and fucking on Verizon. That's expensive as shit. That's why you got to use Wi-Fi. You and my wife are both the worst. Yeah, we are. I don't know. I don't know how she uses six and a half gigs of data every month. No, uh, probably Grinder. <laughs> Damn it! I was waiting for it. You waited, and then you just really knocked it out of the park. And what expected Beach to say? I don't have a wife. She's fake. You already told me I don't have friends. I haven't seen her yet. Fake wife, real vasectomy. She. There's no way in. <laughs> There's no way in hell she would come in here. She refuses to be on camera ever what, during our podcast. I also think that she thinks I'm an idiot. Are there times besides the podcast she likes to be on camera? <laughs> no. I, I see where this is going. No. Okay, I just wonder if there's like a channel somewhere, like a site, something. Yeah, you got to use the dark net. Ah, I see. Get to those, those red, red rooms or whatever they're called. But which sites would that be on? Like, which exact ones? Red Tube. Tube. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just list off free pornography websites. Never heard of those before. I didn't think my so. Wife, my wife recently heard of the dark net and the dark web and just decided to go on a voyage of discovery on her laptop without using nice. a VPN or anything. Because my wife just she she picks up shit. She's like, "Oh, what is this thing called? Two girls, one cup. Let me go see what I can find," and just like no hesitance at all. So I'm just like, "You've got to see the fuck off my computer. There's no way in shit that I'm letting you near anything yeah. like that." No, my wife is the same way. It's like every few weeks she'll like just she'll search for interracial porn. She's like, "What is this?" And like it's always all over the computer, and like she has to rediscover it every time. And she's so funny. She wanted she's to so see what a normal sized penis looks like. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if you want to see, like, yeah, like, look into those. It's like, if you want to do, see some, like, average-sized cocks in porn, like, yeah, just check out the interracial stuff. And, like, I think that's a good representative sample. Like, you know, some good middle middle of the range, lower than average. That's pretty good stuff. <laughs> or horse cock. All you're, the above. What I like about porn is the romance of it. Mm. <sighs> wow. Well, I do prefer pornography with storyline. But that's just call me old fashioned. Here's uh, the storyline. Why does he keep choking me? Ah. All right. For more on this podcast, including show notes, contact information, subscription links, go to gncast.com slash pot. You can chat with us on our Slack channel during our shows at gncast.com slash sign up. I'm trying to pour a beer while doing this too without fucking up. Uh, while you're there, you can subscribe to our newsletter as well. Uh, podcast here, spoiler heavy. Mm, table beer. Uh, we're going to talk about Disney's. What the what was the full name like? Disney in colors, Mister Boogity. Disney. Uh, it's from the Disney Sunday movie from the world of Disney. Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. Uh, 
It just that that, is- that just sounds straight up like out of Uncle Remus and uh, Song of the South. Like that's probably a title that Disney doesn't need to go back to. Well, this, <laughs> it was a different time, way different time. Um, oh, wait, a better time, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Before, before we get into the news, um, we started doing this thing. A little what? What are you drinking? For a, I guess, because. Uh, a listener called me out on drinking beer, never talking about it. Um, beach, I mean, you talk as, about it all the time. You're just not very descriptive. Uh, that's true. Because I don't want to bore people. And then someone says they want it. Now they got to give the people what they want. But uh, Beach is our guest. You can start because I know you're drinking. Yeah. So the modern internet is based on boring people with your own shit. So yes. don't be afraid of that. Um, but yeah, I am drinking actually a beer that you sent me. Which I is, buy my uh, friends. Oh, which is the best fringe benefit of this show, honestly, right there. Um, it's worth powering through all this just to get the free beer. Um, I am drinking a Stone Arch Scottish style ale. This is straight from Wisconsin. Yeah, it's apple. It's actually down the street from my house. The flavor of pap and waffles in it is just delicious. Pap and waffles. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Scottish ale fan. I like uh, that's that's been one of my go-to styles for a while. And uh, you know, the big thing for me is like I'm more of a malt guy than a hop guy. I know there's like that whole divide in the world. You know, I love a good IPA as much as anybody else, but I'm definitely a malt guy. And I think the Scottish style is a great example. I mean, like they couldn't, they didn't have hops. Like the Scottish people didn't have hops, so they had to have all these inventive ways to flavor the beer to get you know over the over the sweetness, like the stickiness of it and everything like that. So, I like that. I like when brewers try to recreate that, try to do that. And, and Stone Arch did a pretty good job here. It's really drinkable. Digging it. It's really drink. I can suck one of these down. I bet that's what you say to all the boys. Um, <clears throat> actually, what you said, to all the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a little garbled. Yeah, but it's. Um, I actually. I got I to get the link, but uh, I do this beer thing. So every month I send someone a bunch of money and then they mail me a box of beer. Nice. It's essentially black magic. If it were fucking, oh, God damn it. Yes, I'm 21. Yes. Kind of like That's kind of like, like buying friends. It's kind of a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, if, I, if it wasn't for my love of beer, I'd have zero friends. I have zero friends. <laughs> I don't think I'd be married if, for, if not for beer, so <laughs> I managed to get her buzzed enough just to fool her long enough into a marriage. And now she's like, "There's fucking paperwork involved, so I'm stuck." Yes. Um, ah, through through work. through the beer thing, there's uh, a Scottish. It's called uh, I don't know. It's a word I don't know how to pronounce, but it's a beer straight from Scotland. It is a house ale, Scottish ale. It is in the top fifty Scotch ales in the world. Nice. Um, yeah, so I mean, I probably paid far more than I really should have, but uh, I got three of those coming. So, you know, come on over. We'll get drunk. Your pants may or may not fall off. It was an accident. Physics. You can't control physics. Yeah, there you go. Now, if you'd ever compete nearby, fucking dick. Is there anything in Wisconsin to compete in? There's there's the Highland Games in Waukesha, but I don't know if it's like a professional event. Like, I know Matt always did uh, Chicago, but I don't know, like, what levels of... Um, competition there is in the Highland Games. If it wasn't for you two, I don't think I would really know that the Highland Games exist. It's the one faction of the Highland Games that has cow tipping. Exactly. I'm in. Yeah, so that, yeah, you're about one of 60 to 100,000 other people that have no idea what Highland Games was if it weren't for me and Matt. So it's not an exclusive club. Don't worry. It's a pretty obscure thing. Yeah, but I guess on the upside for the sport, um, you're getting it out there through your dead, sexy man bun we are um hey the, uh, 
the man bun will make you come point if the hair starts getting in my eyes while I'm trying to properly focus on your beautiful, beautiful visage there. But yeah, I, you know what Matt and I have done? Um, it's kind of we started off in Highway Games. That's kind of how we know each other. Like I was, I was running a website a long time ago. It was like a kind of a fitness contest, weird thing. It was called NowYouTry.com. Him and his brother got wind of it, and they're just both amazing athletes. And then they. Uh, they started just demolishing everybody in all the monthly competitions that I would do. And uh, so we just kind of, we had some laughs about that. But when uh, Matt started the Highland Games like a year before I did, Matt has a track and field background. He's way stronger, more talented. So he kind of shot up the ranks really fast. Um, but yeah, he started talking pretty soon after that about, uh, you know, doing an ebook. So we did some ebooks. I was just doing it as a buddy. It wasn't like an actual job or anything like that. And uh, yeah, the Highland Games thing kind of became like, it was, it was the starting point. It was kind of the glue that keeps everything together. And I think like the core audience of hate brand goods really still is um, a lot of people that are involved in Highland games. I mean, we wouldn't be anywhere without them. Like those, those are the people that were in from the get go. And, you know, Matt has won a couple of world championships. I've won a championship. Like it's, you know, we're not, I don't think anybody's going to say like, Oh, these are the greatest throwers of all time. These are the greatest athletes of all time in the sport. But I think I would argue that what Matt has done by training, that are really great way to show like hey there's a lot to the company there's a lot to matt he's into a lot of stuff but at the core of it there's this really weird old sport maybe you should check that out sometime so i, I think it's a really good thing and i like sharing with people it's a cool it's a cool thing i think some of the best athletes and best people i've ever met in the world are on the field competing so if i can get you know eyes on those people like that's great like some of these guys are like my heroes or like my idols they're the people that i like to throw with and if i can get more people looking at them and paying attention to them and appreciating what they do Fuck yeah, man. So, Corey, what are you drinking? I bet you it's Lipton iced tea. It, it's Lipton iced tea. God damn it. Oh, slow down. Yeah, you know, it's... I got to go to meetings three days a week about this shit at some point, but right now I'm just going to fucking live it up. He's up to he's up to three bags a day. Guy just Oof. can't stop the guy. Yeah, yeah uh, it's a... It's a quick fall from there till you start mainlining those, man. That's uh... <laughs> just oh, we're gonna try and start a podcast. Just Corey's in the corner with a spoon and a lighter, just just ho- heating up a pencil, trying to put the sawdust directly into my bloodstream. <laughs> oh, all right, that escalated quickly. Um, I'm drinking Founders KBS. Came out like a week ago. I'm probably gonna be really drunk by the end of this podcast. I'm sorry. What? Is- what does KBS stand for besides killer butt stuff? Killer butt stuff. It is. It's just a bottle of killer butt stuff. It smells faintly like chocolate and buttholes. Um, it is a Kentucky bourbon stout. So it is a chocolate and coffee stout that is aged in aged in ache barrels. Aged in oh, oak nice. bourbon barrels. <laughs> <sighs> yep. I'm already really sweaty. It's 70 degrees in Wisconsin today. I don't even know how to I don't know how to handle it. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm always a little more miserable when it's warmer there than it is here in California. Ah, uh, don't worry. It's gonna storm and it'll be like 50 tomorrow. Yeah. Oh wait, okay. Corey, you're in Cal- Corey, you're in California. Yeah, I'm uh, Northern California. I'm about an hour north of San Francisco area. So uh, Matt and I are gonna have weather chat, and you can fuck right off during weather chat because you live in California. So there is no weather. That you <laughs> so we'll talk about what we'll talk about what actual human beings go through with weather. And then maybe well, you could get some color commentary on that. We we have had our our most wet winter in in like year, we've been suffering from a drought for the last five years, and this year yeah. it's like all the all the rain came at once to make up for it. 
uh, for the last three months, we've had more days of rain than I think we've had most years. Uh, also, I'm from Michigan, and I just went back to Michigan for a couple of weeks. And during that time, they had uh, blizzards, hail, rain, the worst windstorm <laughs> ever, where several cities were without power for like several days right when I was leaving. So I, I understand. Here's why I left this shit. <laughs> That's a nice reminder, I'm sure. Yep. There was, uh, when I was in Austin, like the two weeks before I, I met you, there was that fucking tornado that went through, oh God, Barnes Throb, Throbby Throb? Bastrop. Bastrop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was a, that was a big one. That was pretty scary. We don't get a ton of tornado touchdown here, but you know, it'll happen once in a while. God will just incite his wrath. <laughs> D- decided that the, uh, Southeast suburb of Austin needed a deep digging. Yeah, fuck these rednecks in particular. Uh, you know, I, I went out there for the Texas Chainsaw gas station, and <laughs> it was when the was weather it? fucks you like it's related to you. Yeah. <laughs> How was that gas station? The gas station or the food? Well, the food. Not good. Not good at all. <laughs> but. I didn't go there for the food so much. Um, It's really cool. There's a bunch of memorabilia and there's shit you can buy. And the bus, like the bus from the original movie is parked out back, which is really cool. But like they don't need to make good food to, uh, you know, be a a site. Did you, uh, while you were in Austin, uh, in the area, did you go to that, uh, I think it's like the Museum of Terror or Horror, Horror Museum that's downtown in Austin or like in South Congress? Did you go to that? No, unfortunately, I didn't know it existed until this moment, and I don't ever want to go downtown Austin. Good call, and it's also terrible. Oh, it's not so, good? Cool. Uh, oh, God, it's so bad. I mean, uh, like we said, we're not talking to a true horror devotee here. Like, it's like they do okay. Like The, the placards are interesting, but like I think that's kind of missing the point of a horror museum is like, hey, stand here and read this. Or like we read this long paragraph for 10 minutes while you sit here with like a really underwhelming statue that's like a fifth generation remake of a Lon Chaney mask. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> like not the best presentation. And it's like basically in a glorified mobile home or something. It's just, it's bad. That sucks. Um, <clears throat> we, uh, on Friday, we went and saw my favorite murder podcast live in Milwaukee. Oh yeah, which is they talked about Ed Gein, which everyone talks about Ed Gein when you're in Wisconsin, but pack like twenty three hundred screaming nineteen to twenty one year old girls and slouch beanies, and it was a recipe for murder. But they do make a shirt. Um, I don't know if they make it anymore, but it's the state of Wisconsin, and inside is Ed Gein and uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's heads, and it just says Wisconsin, we eat people. Nice. Yeah. I would probably never wear that in public, but I want to own one. Detroit had those shirts first. D- D- Detroit eat people? Uh, Detroit, where the weak are killed and eaten. Uh, I was wearing oh. those shirts in like the 80s. Well, I was born in the 80s, dick. Yeah, mm. I know. So you should have worn a bib. should have worn a bib that says it. <sighs> All right. Let's talk about news because we probably should. Uh, first news story we have, uh, there's a, there's a new movie called The Cult of Chucky coming out. Jennifer Tilly's sweet, sweet cannons are in one of the pictures in the news story. So I was all about it, but it's promised to be the goriest child's play movie. Um, I guess they got to make it gory cause it's probably not going to be very good. Oh, I don't know. 
before we really get into this speech, maybe you should give us your horror background and the reanimator story. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys did the reanimator with Matt, right? With my business partner, Matt. Yes. You did that with him. Yes. Okay. So, and that was, so that was my first suggestion to Matt. I was like, well, you know, like I have some memories of the reanimator. Like, I, I don't have like a true horror background. I've seen, you know, the classics, like I've seen some good modern stuff, but I, I, have, I suffer from, again, having kids syndrome, syndrome where I don't go to the movies that often. I don't get to watch movies, especially terrifying ones at home very much. But so I did have some, like, I guess you could call them fond memories of the reanimator and not for what you would think. Like, yes, I did see it when I was like 11 years old or something. But the reason that I saw the reanimator was because it was on a VHS tape that my brother had brought back from college or something like that. I was like, oh, cool. I'll check this out. Reanimator. And uh, 90% of that VHS tape was just straight up porn. So that was my, like, and then like after you're done, like, and like Deep Throat, you know, the movie Deep Throat, it was on there. Like I, yeah. I saw it. I saw the movie Deep Throat when I was 11 years old or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, that's what sex is. Cool. And, uh, <laughs> but like, it cuts like immediately right into the reanimator after that. So it's like, anytime I hear the reanimator think of that, I immediately think of Linda Lovelace just going balls deep on some dude in a bad doctor's uniform or something. So, yeah, the reanimator holds a special place in my heart, I guess you could say. I mean, that, that's how I react to Jeffrey Toombs and almost anything is just like, I just want to be balls deep in it. <laughs> Jesus All right. Um, yeah, so this movie is going to be a sequel to uh, Curse of Chucky, which I don't think was received very well by the overall audience, although the writer of this article really seemed to have liked it. Uh, they said they're going to try to go back to more of a classic look for Chucky in this um, because that's what the audience said they wanted. But they also, uh, while the gore is a big factor, they didn't do that just strictly to get people to want to see it. it. It just happened organically. Uh, it, it's going to be a continuation from uh, the Nika Pierce character who's played by Fiona Dorif, who is the daughter of Brad Dorif, who plays and voices uh, Chucky in the films. Uh, she has been blamed for the deaths of her entire family and she's in an institution where they're basically making her believe that she killed them as opposed to Chucky killing them. And while she's there, they bring in a good guy doll as part of the therapy for her and the other people in her, in her group. So it sounds a little bit like dream warriors where people start dying in the institution and she kind of figures out, Oh, it probably wasn't me that killed my family after all and they're also bringing back uh andy barclay who was the uh the kid that chucky was against in the first two movies i guess he had a cameo at the end of the last one uh so it's kind of be it's going to be a convergence of all the different films uh bride seed and curse meeting up in this new movie uh jennifer tilly will be back in it as tiffany again so how old is andy barclay now how old is that kid give or take uh well i mean He's got to be 30, I think. Uh, he he w was in the first one in the 80s, so he's probably about Matt's age. Oh, more than that. He's got to be, man. Like that, I remember seeing, I saw, what is it? Child's Play, I guess, when I was, I was probably the same age as a kid, and I'm 37 or like 55 years old or something. We're gonna, let's just all Google it in silence and find out. <laughs> all right, we're going to be real quiet. <laughs> he was born in 81. Yep. 81? Okay, so he's, he is younger, a little younger than me. He's like 30. Yeah, he's like Matt's age. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is that right? 35. She's four years older than me. Yeah. We should start a math podcast. Yo, that would kill. 
Uh, I saw the only Child's Play movie that I have a full memory of. Uh, I think I saw Child's Play three in the movie in the movie theater with my mom. Like, and I it was ninety one. I think Child's Play three was or something like that. And uh, God, so that means that I was like ten years old. Like my mom just took me to see Child's Play three. It's like this seems like a good mother-son bonding activity. I don't know. Is that the one where, like, in a toy factory, they're in a toy factory and some guy gets, like, doll eyes punched into his head? Is that the one? I thought the third one was at the, um... um the, the Academy. Fucking, yeah, the, the Army Academy. School. Was it? And okay. he gets played by Justin Whelan as opposed to the kid who'd been playing in the first two movies. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, that was, that was my first Chucky memory there. And, like, I, I guess, I don't know. My mom, I also saw Total Recall in the theater with my mom. Like, now I'm thinking, that's strange taste in movies to take her, ch- her children to. It probably explains a lot about the way that I am. I bet your mom parties. Well, not anymore being dead. So, thanks oh, for making Jesus. me think. Yeah, thanks for making me think about that. I appreciate wow. it. <laughs> you kind of brought her up. It's not like I, I started talking about your mom. <laughs> hey, Mike, what about you? Mom, what does she think? <laughs> I did not know that. I'll have to research the the life and death situation of all future guests now because of you. <laughs> Log into my ancestry.com account, dude. You'll get everything. In- <laughs> I did you really do that? I did actually. I did try ancestry.com for a little while. It's pretty interesting, but at a certain point, it's like, all right, those are all those people. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's all- yeah. You don't get to meet them. No, no, no. Well, it'd be cool if Ancestry has like a premium, ultra premium, gives you a time machine. Or it just yeah, gives you a button to press, like which one's going to be the most likely to leave me money when they pass. Right. Yeah. Like, I, well, I'm sure they have that at like the highest level of membership. But it was too cheap to do that. It was like an extra four bucks a month for the it's, time machine option. It's like fucking, what, 40 bucks a month just to figure out yeah. who you, who, who fucked who to make you? Pretty much, and like, really, all comes down to like, my family's a bunch of fucking rednecks, man. Like, I just like, if you look back and like, so my wife's family—I don't know how we fuck we got on this, but um, the uh, my wife's family tree—they're all from like Sweden, and they were all like landowners and business owners and stuff, and they had all these interesting titles of like, like you know, owner of blah 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 or like industrialist or so. And then like on my side of the family tree, it's fucking farmer, 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 (laughs) farmer, all the way back. Bunch of fucking toothless rednecks. And like all the family records of mine are like, they have like these census sheets that they scan in and it'll be like the last name beach. And then like 25 kids in the house, like most of them died by four. (laughs) So my, my family tree is just like all horizontal with like just dead kids and cousins that nobody knows. I uh, <clears throat> I did my heritage because you can kind of get away with a free one. Oh, nice! And uh, some like I lucked out because I just put in my dad and my grandparents, and then it's like here's eighty seven people that someone else figured out for you. Yeah, yeah, and, that's nice. You no, know, it was it was super cool. But because the biggest question I get with the last name Stein now this is clearly horrendous content for our podcast, but people always like, oh, Jewish, and I'm like, no, we were probably German. And if we were Jewish, we were Jewish until World War II, and then we were German. Yeah, you're named yeah. after what you basically are drinking your beer out of yeah. all the fucking time. You are you are a holder of beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That my my body is a is a literal beer stein. You could uh, do worse. I could, I could be a fat sack of crap, which beats all day. But whereas my last name is Hindu for scrotum. So that's going to be Cult of Chucky. That's a movie that's coming out. Corey's name is Scrotum. Uh, the next news story. I'm curious to get Beach's take on this since he has children. 
But uh, real clowns are very upset over it, uh, saying that Pennywise is disgusting, sensational rubbish. Now, <laughs> have, you, have you ever had a clown at your children's birthday party? Other than no. you. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Just like, you. By clown, you mean drunk off my face, basically, is what you mean. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had plenty of that. No, um, I have not had... I did have a clown at one of my birthday parties as a kid. I Like, as we're going through this podcast, I'm realizing I had, like, a horribly traumatic childhood. So this is what's happening <laughs> on the podcast of Terror now, is that <laughs> we're realizing that my childhood was fucked on this podcast. Uh, no, I've never done the clown thing. Um, I think... I don't know, like, since we have, like, the advent of, like, digital entertainment and oh, yeah. TV and stuff, I, I think clowns have kind of lost their edge. Maybe that's what they're mad about. Maybe there's mad because Pennywise did it better. That's true. Yeah, maybe uh, they scared kids and they ever could. They, they, I remember these same complaints coming out when it was, it was made time? for TV in 90. Uh, yeah. I remember these complaints many a time. Uh, the the other thing is, let's talk about the fucking moral high ground of these people who work for Shrine Circus and Ringling Brothers for any number of years where there was just piss poor conditions for the animals the whole time. It's like, oh, but we're upset because, you know, this movie's coming out that's going to portray us as, as terrible people, even though you can fit 40 of us in a fucking car. Like, that's not a crime <laughs> trying to cross the border, you motherfuckers. Um, so I, I don't really give a shit. I mean, I care because I don't want to see any anybody like ridiculed for what they do for a living except mimes mimes are different fuck you mimes yeah, uh, but but clowns i i appreciate what clowns are even though i'm not a, a a big fan i'm also not freaked out by them to any major degree but i get it and and if you feel like you're being targeted um to the point where you're going to lose your living yeah that sucks that absolutely sucks but that happens in any fucking movie it, it doesn't matter what you are if if you're if you're a person who likes to make furniture, then you're going to be targeted by the egg game crowd. Uh, if you're a person who, who just in general, like works at retail and or fucking the what was the falling down movie with Michael Douglas years ago? It's you could be in any fucking piece of society and like everybody's going to start looking at you weird. That's what movies do is they fictionalize things and they make us fear things that would otherwise be perfectly normal. Well, what what I want to point out, I'm pretty sure I cut off Mike, but whatever. Um yeah. <laughs> they're they're pissed because it is being remade and that makes clown looks clowns look bad but sorry getting slurry over here as mentioned in the news article no one gives a fuck about the fact that people were dressing up like clowns and robbing and beating people like six months ago yeah yeah that, that doesn't bug them no. <laughs> or, or maybe it does but boy man this is a classic i'm sure there's a strong clown lobby somewhere that's really making all these moves but i mean there's a it's an easier way to get your hooks in on a on a big production movie on a Stephen King book. It's an easier way to get headlines than like random slap dicks in like the southeast that are like dressing up like scary clowns, whatever. It's an easier way to get like to get in the get in the headlines to hook onto that. But I don't know, like it's it's one of those things. Like it, now, it's not a thing. It's a thing where it wasn't a thing before. Like you know, anybody that's going to take a a kid, a kid that's the age that would love clowns at their party. If their parents are taking them to see it, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you're probably those kids aren't going to have clowns at their parties anyway. So, like, if you make a big deal about it, it becomes a bigger deal. And people, then you're you're making people like us on a podcast that's blasting out the world right now. Say, like, hmm, maybe clowns are terrifying. But we're before we wouldn't even be talking about it. So it's really just a matter of like, 
you know, they, they're going to end up just chasing their own tail here. They're going to end up like kind of digging their own grave in a sense. Is that, oh, let's put it in the, let's put it in the, in the headlines that Pennywise is terrifying and that's bad for all clowns. And then now we're all going to scratch our chins. Like they got a point, maybe they all have really sharp teeth. So, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things though, is one is that the kids are, are going to see, even if they don't see the movie, they're probably going to see the commercials. The commercials are going to play at times when other things are on TV. And so that that might be a little bit more what they're worried about. Although we did just talk about a movie about a fucking children's doll. Like, I remember being a kid and the My Buddy doll, uh, my, my best friend's kid brother had one, and we all thought that thing was going to fucking rip us to shreds in our sleep. Um, my buddy, my yeah. buddy, but my buddy, me. The, the, the thing is that they are making Pennywise look less human in this movie. The other thing is that if you follow the book, which maybe they'll do more than they did on the the TV miniseries, is that Pennywise isn't the only form that this creature takes. It turns into a lot of different things. It's just that the clown is the most iconic because of the previous film. People had that picture in their heads, and they use the Pennywise kind of shape on the book cover. But it's not like this is the only thing that's going to be attacking and killing kids in this. But at least it doesn't look like a regular clown. It looks something more demonic. Now, people are still going to see the makeup. They're going to assume, okay, that is a clown or, you know, uh, Goldie Hawn. I don't know. I just know that in this case, they're they're at least trying to make it look not like something you're going to see at your standard birthday party. That's true. And the reason the reason it's it works and the reason Stephen King did it is because of the implied innocence of the imagery of a clown. Like it's the contrast that works. That's 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 why this works. So like it's it's like Matt saying, it's just it's one of those things. Like eventually, or like we were just talking about, it's gonna be if you're in some industry or if you're visible, eventually there's gonna be a piece of art that makes you look shitty. So it's really just how you weather that. Yeah. You have to you have to take it. You have to own it. You have to make kids feel safe around you, anyways. And it's it it's a fear that's existed already. You know, clowns themselves are weird. They do bizarre stuff. They they sort of attack each other. And the farce of it is that oh, I'm throwing this bucket at you, but it turns out it's full of confetti as opposed to water. Or I'm hitting you on the head, you know, but it's not something that's actually damaging you. And it it's kind of like an acted out cartoon, which is fine, but it can still be fucking frightening. You know, you never know what's going to set somebody off. And so if you if you can't handle watching this film, well, parents, don't take your kids to see this film unless you're trying to teach them a fucking lesson and then you're locking them in the closet for the next six months. I think it's kind of ridiculous that we have to point out that parents shouldn't have to take... They shouldn't take your child to this movie. Which, right. Which I think is kind of fucked. Like, I'm not a parent and I know that. If I know that children shouldn't go see a movie, then... This this world's fucked fucked up. Beach, would and you I, take your I, kids to this movie? No, I exactly. mean maybe to punish them, but uh, I wouldn't take them to a movie theater because they wouldn't be quiet. But uh, you know, I think, and the number one thing I want to teach my kids is that nobody can try to do a Tim Curry role besides Tim Curry. I think right. that that's the number one lesson. You don't fuck with Tim Curry. What are you gonna do? Remake Rocky Horror Picture Show? What are you gonna do? Remake Clue with a different butler? Fuck you. Uh, both of those things have either happened or are going to happen. No God! If they remake Clue, I'll fuck it. I'll burn every. I'll become, I'll become like a movie theater terrorist. You heard it here first. If a, if a movie <laughs> theater burns down, there's your guy. There's the guy right there. I, I'm already on a lot of lists, man. That's just one more. But you have to assume that, and we've talked about this before, that movies are now just on like a cycle. 
Yep. There's there's really minimal new content coming out. Now, luckily, this year we've had some pretty decent new movies come out. I've heard Get Out's great. I'm still waiting to see it. Uh, John Wick, I don't really know if you could call that new. It's a, it's a sequel, but, um, you know, they're just going to start redoing shit again. You know, if they're trying to redo Friday the 13th. There's another Halloween coming out. There's They uh, want to do another Nightmare on Elm Street. It, it's just... Do you uh, do you think they're going to redo Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Uh, that there was a talk of a TV series actually that they were planning on doing, and they no. they keep pushing to see if they can do a, a remake of it or a sequel to it. I mean, I mean that yeah, that's where you get if you're going to be if you're if you got a clown college lobby, that's the ones they need to be pushing. Right so there. my question to you is, were you looking like did you see that Corey added that story before you said that? What about the killer clowns from outer space being the score is being recorded with a live orchestra? No, yeah, that is our next story. <laughs> That's so, the next story. Uh, maybe like a musical accompaniment with your uh, segway, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that was really uh, cool, so. killer clowns from outer space score is being re recorded with a live orchestra. They're also involving uh, a lot of people from the original. Uh, either production like uh, Bear McCreary, who is a producer on Walking Dead and Battlestar Galactica, as well as the Dickies. Uh, that's a band who wrote the theme song to Killer Clowns for Outer Space. So it is becoming a Kickstarter first, but they're going to do it because it was all uh, orchestral synthesizer stuff before, and they want to do it with a live orchestra. And I think this is one of those things that is, again, to get the the gauge on the interest from people. If people are willing to support this, then how likely are they to then support either a sequel or the TV series that they talked about recently? I'm in. <laughs> like, obviously, I'm the guy that organically came to Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So clearly, I'm going to be first in line to get the soundtrack and both the remake. I'm in. They got me. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is one of those fun stories that just kind of pops up, and it's it. There's not a lot to it. There's not a lot of content that we could speak on, especially because it hasn't been recorded yet. Uh, it'll be up in the air. The Kickstarter is supposed to go on sometime this month. They said in April, so it it's a matter of whether or not it gets funded. But it it would be cool to see. And we haven't done Killer Clowns on this show yet. It's one of those things that we think we've always talked about getting to at some point. We've done some other clown movies. That's one of those ones that's just, it's so iconic. Uh, at the same time, it's its overly silly more than it is scary, although I think it kind of walks the line between both. And yeah. it, it there's definitely an audience that wants to see it get its return. By the way, I found a variety story from August of last year that said the Clue remake from Hasbro has landed at Fox Studios. Oh, well, you might as well uh. call it Fox Studios. Well, they've already done Battleship and Ouija. Uh, so I heard Ouija we, wasn't bad. I, I don't know. But I, I Battleship was... Oh, yeah. yeah. Battleship was garbage. I have Ouija on my computer. If, if, in case you haven't noticed that it's out there in Plex right now. Uh, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't logged in your Plex in a while. I keep That's doing... Fine. I know... Um, I just can't believe that... I can't believe that Rihanna couldn't save Battleship. I just couldn't believe it. I didn't even know she was in that movie. Was she, I think she was, wasn't she? Wasn't Rihanna in that? She absolutely was. Yeah, yeah I, it, was, I, I, it was one of her first big film breakouts. I just can't believe that a woman of her immense talent could not have saved that movie. It's just, it was a real waste. I can't tell if you're being serious and you're a closet Rihanna fan. I also want That's to know why you're still on your first beer, you fucking Nancy. Second one. Second question is a much better one. 
<laughs> Mike's on team Chris Brown. Uh, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. He was just dancing and she got in the way of his spin kicks. All right. Whoa. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Big misunderstanding. Uh, you should... Poor Usher. Try so hard to step up and then the fucking industry just walks all over him about it. Yeah. This is why. Good. This is why 11 people listen to our podcast. We had to put out 300 episodes to get 30,000 listens. Still can't math. Yeah, still not mathing it up here. We are going to start that math project, right. uh, that, side, that side podcast about math. Well, there was well, a couple of weeks ago, I did the math on how many times you could feasibly masturbate in like a three-year period. <laughs> it was pretty intense. You thank your lucky stars and Nicole was here to help add that up for you too because you were not on point. Fuck you. I, I feel like there's no upper limit. to carry the one. What, Beach? I feel like there's no upper limit. I mean, you gotta, you can only jerk off so many times a day. And towards the end of it, you're just beating up a Twizzler. <laughs> I mean, if there's a point where you get to that's either you, you've jerked off so many times that it just becomes like it's just one extended jerk off. And so then it's only once a day. So you have to, you have to be careful not to have them all bounce into each other that much. Yeah, I Plus, you'll die. But how well, if you're not properly hydrated. I look, guys, I'm an athlete. Okay, let me talk about proper hydration and preparation <laughs> sort of things. Um, it's a lot about your electrolyte balance, okay? That's one thing that's really going to throw you off there. Um, you're going to need a stable platform to jerk from. Uh, you, you know, a lot of people are just going to find the nearest chair. They're going to find a computer chair. That's not good. Like, there's too many variables that go into the jerk motion there. So um, if you're comfortable on the ground, that's great. If you can get, like, a garage floor, if it's nice and cool, something like that, I think that's going to give you a little bit. But if you get something in the lower back to support yourself, I think that's great. Keep fluids nearby. You're going to want a lot of high-sodium foods as well. We should also put in a link to uh, Amazon where you can order using our our, our click-through a, a copy of Reanimator so that you've got something to jerk off to. <laughs> I, you you have to use my copy for that, unfortunately. <laughs> it worked really well for that. So, have you so, ever seen a reanimator? Uh, yeah, I have. Okay, On a like day. when I when I was eleven years old, after freshly beating off okay. the deep throat. Yes, reanimator. Yeah. I didn't know if reanimator was on the the tape in its entirety or. It came in like right. It came in in the uh, like the opening credits and everything were not there. If I, if I remember, kind of like fuzzed in after like the last cum shot or whatever. Like it kind of. I was like, going to ask if there was the at least anime. the money shot from Deep Throat or not. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, you know, you never know. Someone's editing tape editing skills might have been not been on point, and you cut off the money shot to get the uh, the beginning of Reanimator. Poor yeah, young true. Beach, well, eleven years old thinking that his sperm is going to reanimate the dead. Oh, boy. <laughs> so for, from what I understand, a girl gives you a blowjob, and then a cat comes back to life somewhere. Right. I, I'm, I'm not 100% up on the details. <laughs> you could make it. You should pro- Oh, do they have a reanimator porn movie? All right. Hold on. Oh, uh, <laughs> totally Google. Hey, Susie, can you read that back to me? <laughs> Uh, if you weren't here for the pre-show, uh, Beach brought a uh, court stenographer to take notes on everything he says. Oh, God, I started... Everyone say <sighs> Barbara so you, Crampton. So you're, you're searching for porn on the internet? internet you can find that? Uh, yes, there are a few websites out there. Wow, I just... Okay, I searched. I was wrong. I was wrong to search for it. 
<laughs> oh, I'm going right just, now, fellas. <laughs> you can find. It was a mistake. Oh, Jesus. I'm gonna go to images instead of video. Oh God, I, I ended up somewhere in torture porn. Whew. Wow, this is robust, oh. fellas. This is an episode's worth right here. Yeah, it is. Oh, ooh, it's called the Repenetrator. Oh, yeah, see, it's old oh, enough where they changed the name instead of just it being the movie name, a triple X parody. Right. Now everything yeah, they, gets a porn parody. My, I know. They don't try with the titles, though. No, no. It was, it was much better when you did things like the Repenetrator. Or like Cliffbanger. <laughs> All right, let's Google uh, best... Porn parody. Oh, probably shouldn't. Got to do this in incognito. <sighs> what? <laughs> Open up Sorry. your Tor browser and. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you don't use incognito mode, and you're at work and you're typing something, and porn shows up. It, man, it's it's I've happened to a friend. We Dear Comcast, happen, yeah. enjoy trying to target ads to me with this in my search engine. Oh, here's one. <laughs> Forest Hump. Uh, missionary mm. position impossible. Nice Saturday night beaver. Ah, yeah, my that's it. Dandy. The Texas vibrator massacre. Titty titty gangbang. <laughs> I feel like I might have seen Texas vibrator massacre. Um, womb raider. Of course. Of course yeah. John and Kate so, fuck eight. I, I'm not done. <laughs> the Da Vinci load. Oh. And this is the one that... I, oh, no, no, I found a better one. Please tell me the Da Vinci Load stars Tom Spanks. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. God, it is directed by Jerome Tanner, though. Oh, good old Jerome. The tagline is, the truth comes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, evil Head. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Game of Bones. Oh, come on. A Tale of Two Titties. Hmm. Oh. It's literary. The XX Exorcist. I've actually seen it. It's not that good. The Porn oh God. Identity. Yeah, just thinking about the pea soup scene and how they're going to apply it. Oh. It's just jizz. Oh. All right. This is the one that I will... It's the wrong road to travel for this podcast. This is an immense list, uh, but I'm going to stop on this one. Honey, I blew everybody. <laughs> That was that's a low effort attempt by them right there. They really just Thank they you, they, they out of it. Yeah, they got the most they could out of the honey and comma there, and then they just could they could have gone anywhere. Uh, Ashley in our chat wants to know if Game of Bones has a little person in it. Now I have to look because you brought it up. Game ah. of Bones cast never searched by anyone ever. No, you be. <laughs> Game of oh, it is, it's called Game of Bones. Winter is coming. C U M M I N G. See what I did there? Yeah, we. Fuck you, John Snow. You blow nothing. Is there? Fuck! God damn it! Game of Bones. Is there a midget? <laughs> Little person, you fuckstick. Yeah, that's what I tried to say. But it's the internet. You you put down little person and it, it changes the context of search entirely. We would. How dare you call? Well, I don't know. you got to cut to the chase. 
Yeah. No, there's yeah. totally yeah. There's there's totally a little person. Because <laughs> I got to go with the authenticity. Uh, I yeah, yeah. found it's like a weird forum list, and the the first comment is, "I honestly would never see any of those people having sex." Well, <laughs> sorry, clammy Jim, May thirty first of two thousand and seven, fucking prick. Sorry, Clammy Jim, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Let's be friends. <laughs> There's a really high odds that Clammy Jim is listening to this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have a really high clientele for listeners. Yeah, Clammy Jim. Cl- not, not you. <laughs> not us. <laughs> um, let's do the last news story real quick, and then we can talk about Mr. Boogity or whatever. Um, yes. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to go from this conversation into a Disney movie. Yeah, but it had Christy <laughs> Swanson, so it's bound to get dirty. Oh, God. Nice. Yeah, so the Purge movie franchise is going to become a TV show. The last Purge movie was hot hot garbage, too, by the way. And I think they're doing another Purge movie on top of that, which should be out in 2018. Uh, yeah, um, I believe you're right. But this is uh, filmmaker James DeMarcos has written and directed all three entries in the franchise. Uh which take place in an America where citizens are allowed to commit crimes without legal consequences for a 12 hour period. Once a year, he will oversee the series. Uh, it's produced by blue mouse television. It should air on USA and sci-fi networks. I guess the only thing that the per- beach, have you seen the purge movies? No, I have not. Okay. Well, it's not a porn by the way, but uh, the only thing that they really did right is that each purge movie was a little different with the same backstory. So the first one was just like a family hold up. The second one was people trying to escape. And the third one was loosely based around an election. I didn't get through the whole thing. It was that bad, but they keep the same basis idea, which is cool. And then they just kind of change the characters that they're focusing on. I guess a TV show could work, but whatever. So here's my question here. Again, I'm loosely familiar with the concept of purge, Um, but this is always my question with certain genres moving to TV, and you guys will be a little more able to speak on it. Like something like The Purge, like does that really lend itself to a TV format, to an episodic format? Because I feel like that's something that almost needs like the longer feature film, like build, narrative, coda, like you know, it needs all those things. Like it needs all that sort of stuff. It needs like the chapters to play out like that. I don't know. How do you, how do you guys see that? Have they, has that been done well yet? Really, where horror comes to television? Uh, the Exorcist TV series was actually really good. Yeah. Um, the Psycho TV series, while I could not handle it because there was a, the first episode had quite the rape scene, mm-hmm. uh, has been laddered as being quite good and accurate towards what people expect from that. The Hannibal TV series was excellent. Uh, we yeah, watched it was good. some of that Wolf Creek series that was based off of the movies with the Australian killer, which actually starred the guy from the films. Uh, that was solid, but seemed to like some of the episodes felt more like filler, and it wasn't really about him as much as it was about the girl who escaped and her trying to get back and finding him. But it was okay. So it depends on how many episodes this would be, and I would I would think that it's if it's going to be on one of those cable channels, it's probably uh, ten to thirteen episode arcs. And it would be a lot of exposition stuff that would start out the first episode would be leading up to when the purge starts and then it happens and then the family trying to survive through the night. So it's just like a really long movie at that point. Right. And like the films, they would just take it into different nights or different people during the same night for each season. 
it it could be but, okay, but it's just at what point do you get burnt out on it? Right. At a certain point, you have to take that turn, especially when you take something that's so event based. And I use The Walking Dead as a great example. At a certain point, it has to become character driven. It has to. Like you know, like situation, like the situation you're gonna be so familiar with, and there's so many iterations of it that you're gonna hit. Just like again, Walking Dead, like hey, zombies are attacking. Like we have to get supplies, all that kind of stuff. Like the like the the tropes are there and they're already taken care of. So at a certain point, it has to become really character driven. Like you know, past three or four episodes. So I, I guess I what I wonder, not having seen the purge, is like, were they able to establish characters well enough in those in that situation to where they would have, they could get like character arcs out of people for like four or five episodes. I guess that's really my question. Does the purge lend itself to that? It's a good question. <clears throat> One that I was not expecting out of you at this moment. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. I, the, my initial thought would be that like each season of the purge would have to kind of span one night, so one twelve-hour purge period, similar to like how twenty-four is. Every episode is right. a, is an hour, so you could do that. And I guess if you if you base so it on like a twelve-hour hour period, how how are you really able to like fully get across a character, their backstory, make people like them, and yeah, I don't know. The, it, to answer your initial question, um, the f- first one did really well because I remember, A, Kevin Bacon was in it. Um, I remember, like, enjoying the family. And, like, when the twist came in, it, it was like an oh shit moment. The second one I cared less, and, and the third one I cared even less. Um, right. If it's if they can if they can make this TV show similar to the first movie, I think it will be pretty good in my eyes, at least. And I'm just some asshole on the internet. So, will it be popular in pop culture? I don't know. I mean, it clearly did well enough that they made it a TV show. It was um, uh, Universal Studios had a whole section for it when the Anarchy came out in 2014. So it was it must do pretty well. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and it's a, it's a it's a neat premise. It's a premise that everybody can get behind. Like it's kind of like the premise has legs, no matter how many times you do it. There's already things that I'm surprised that work as a TV series. That Twelve Monkeys show that Sci-Fi did uh, recently, which is about to finish up its its run, I think, with its fourth season, fourth season. A lot better than I expected it to be, considering the source material of what was a hour and a half movie from the early '90s. Right. But it it worked. You know, there are some things that can be expanded. It's just it's a matter of how well they they draw you into it. At the same time, though, if if they're going to do a TV series, what are they going to be able to do in the shorter storytelling of the films if they continue doing the movies at the same time? And does one steal away from the other uh, one direction or another? Well, we'll have to see. I Hmm. I've not seen any of the Purge movies. It, It just I love One Direction, by the way the band yeah of course you do and and that's probably where i would go if there was a purge is i would just like fly out to fucking harry styles and like have you marked have you marked personally like who you would go to kill if a purge was legally happening i've thought about it like because there's the, the one thing of you just want to stay home you want to protect your own we should not gloss over the fact that beach's answer was myself um <laughs> It would be legal, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, if it, if it's legal and like your life insurance continues to work, it's like, oh well, this doesn't void my policies, and so my wife and kids are taken care of. Good point, sure. right there. 
That is a good point. I really think so, like, because obviously when I watched the movie, I thought about it. Like, what would happen if we had a purge and, like, how would I survive? Granted, this is why I have guns. So if someone comes into my house and it's not a purge night, I can shoot them directly in the eyeball and save my cats. Don't say shoot them in the eyeball after we just looked at those movies a minute ago. That fucking, <laughs> I would yell a porn name and shoot him in the eye. Just still got a quivering butthole from that. That's just a... Prove it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Picks or GTFO. Um, like it, it, now, granted, my answer will change in like fucking two months when I move out to the middle of nowhere. But um, the, I like the first one the best because it shows like a family in their house hold up and how they how they survive. Instead of like running around and staying, you know, staying away from people, like that's nothing new. Um, but like the security system, and I don't want to get like weird and political, but in the first one, it's very much like a the rich can survive because the rich have the money to protect themselves, and then poor people cannot pay for the security needed to stop people from entering their house. You know, so they have like the yeah. shit that comes down and the guns and all that stuff, and. I don't know. Short answer? I'd, I don't know. I'd probably... There's a lot of people I might want to kill. <laughs> well, that's why, the premise is so, that's why the premise is so good. And I think that's why probably, especially in the current climate, you, you mentioned politically, I think that's why you want a TV show will probably have legs. It's because it does bring up all those interesting kind of socioeconomic political questions. Like it brings those up like, you know, like, you know, obviously income inequality or societal inequality, like who's going to have access to protection? Who's actually going to be safe? Like, so, and then that begs us even further question, if we'll go down the rabbit hole, like who do laws actually protect or who do laws actually matter to? Like at the end of the day, like, you know, the ultra rich, how many of the laws that are on the books day to day really apply to their day to day life? Right. <laughs> you know, like, and they, like how, how often are they running afoul of the law or in danger of running afoul of the law because of the bubble of protection they're in? And that, that's a whole separate issue. So, yeah, I mean, that's for that reason, if they go that direction with a television show, I could totally see that being a cool thing to do, that you take this sort of terror concept or this like apocalyptic kind of concept and you turn it into something that you can do some smart commentary with. That You can actually take you can actually talk to like speak to current issues, not in a ham fisted way. I love that word, by the way, ham fisted. But if you like, you know, you can actually use that premise to start a conversation about stuff. That's. I mean, I don't want to say like TV should have a grand goal all the time. Sometimes it just be to entertain. But if they did that, that'd be pretty admirable, honestly. And it, 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 it is a good vehicle for that sort of thing. And people are digging that now. And the fact that it's the person who, who does the movies already, it may be that yeah. he's reached a point where he wants to tell an expanded story. He knows what that story is. And that's why he's pushing for his series. It might, just, it might not just be a cash in because he could just produce it. And say, okay, yeah, I'll just take the the check for someone else doing all the work. If he's actually interested in running the show too, then it may be that he's hit a point where he knows, okay, I've done these these three, uh, possibly four films, but there's this one thing that I want to tell, and I know I can't do it in a two hour format. And where would I be able to tell that story? And so that that sounds potentially like there's more thought going into why this is a TV show. Yeah, no, I, I can totally dig that. And- like I'm all for, I'm always for anybody that has a creative vision that is able to make that thing, make that vision real, turn it into something. I'm all for supporting that. Like uh, until you know, until they burn out or that it starts to suck. Like, I'm, but I'm all for that. I, I like the idea that, you know, a director, producer, anybody like that could have like a big creative vision, and they want to continue to pursue it when people are on board with it. I I think that's there's really no better reason 
to expand something into like other medium and into another medium like television. Like, yeah, yeah, you made a good story. Let's see what else you can do. Let's see it. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, take on it. I like how after one beer, you turn into like the fucking deepest person I've ever met. (laughs) After three beers, we'll get real deep. Like four inches, five inches. <laughs> Forest hump deep. Forest hump deep. <laughs> I could probably find it's it on the internet. Back. Just give me, give me like ten minutes. See, I got a stenographer that's got all my callback jokes for me, so she can just hold them up from across the room, so I can always go back to earlier in the conversation. I really, I, God, I wish that was true. Just pan over. <laughs> there's like a lady just frantically typing. Like, <laughs> he made a dick joke. Seriously. Susie's over here just like it's all just emojis on a piece of paper it's it, like oh, we, couldn't, we couldn't afford a real stenographer so we just got an emoji <laughs> fire hydrant eggplant squirt squirt hot dog have they added a chocolate starfish yet I feel like there needs to be a chocolate starfish Google. you can infer chocolate starfish I think yeah let's I'm sure um, Alphabet and Google are listening so let's make sure they get on board with that emoji. I can't fucking type Hey, are you looking for a starfish emoji? Chocolate bar, heart with ribbon, cookie. You fucking, you let me down the internet. Uh, your wife's name isn't Susie, is it? No. Okay. I would have felt a little dirty not- if you just called, you, you demoted your wife to a court stenographer while you talked to the internet. Or like, no, I'm not, I'm not married to a 50 year old woman from the Midwest. No, that's <laughs> the only people named Susie in the whole Wait, world. Aren't, aren't you- <laughs> Again, I reference my mother was a court stenographer. Was her name Susie? I should uh, say, no. was her. Is her name Susie? No. I know and, your mom's alive. I won't feel bad about that one. A little older than 50, uh, also from the Midwest. But yeah. Beach, you're from the Midwest, aren't you? Ohio? No, I'm from Texas. Oh, Texas. No, I lived in Ohio for three years. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I think we talked about that um, because we were talking about snow or some shit. And uh, yeah, no, I, I was born in Texas, born and raised in Texas. I traveled around a lot uh, when I was younger. I lived in California, Florida, places like that. But um, mostly from Texas. But for my wife's work, we did live in Cleveland, Ohio, for three years. And never yes, apologize for being that close to Cedar Point. Jesus Christ! Wow. Well, the uh, last... Cedar Point. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, last year, after the uh, we went to the Arnold on Friday, and then Saturday we drove up to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was a huge mistake. But we literally like walked around downtown Cleveland. The Cavs were playing. Uh, do they have a hockey yeah. team? No. They, no, they have a minor league team. Okay. I, we know at least the Cavs were playing, and there was fucking nobody. Like we mm-hmm. walked from the hotel, which was like two blocks from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, to some sushi place, which was like a block from wherever the Cavs play, and saw nobody. It was yep. the weirdest thing ever. It's weird, man. During football season, it's the same thing. Like during the game, it's a ghost town down there. People go, people go to downtown Cleveland for a specific purpose and don't really hang out. <laughs> well, you know, if your if your football team was the Browns, would you really go watch them play? No, I went to. So I'm unfortunately, I've been born. A, I was born a Cowboys fan. I was born in Dallas. So yeah, I have nothing wrong with that. Now, uh, yeah. how's that OG? Say say again. How's that OG? The beer you're drinking. Oh, yeah. Wow, you saw that. Nice eyes there, man. It's good. Um, it's tart. I guess that's the tea that I'm getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but uh, I do like I do like a good wheat. I, lo- I like a good wit, so that's good. Um, but I think the, whatever the tea infusion they did kind of took off some of the uh, 
oh god what a, i'm too drunk to think about all these chemical you know whatever the ester is that makes the, the kind of the banana and clove flavors um it sort of took the edge off of that but it's good it makes it really drinkable yeah it's like uh nine and a half percent that explains some things okay. yeah i didn't know uh, that i put I put my first one down real quick because it's really easy to drink and uh the world got a lot cooler yeah, well, I'm. You know what I'm mostly happy about? I'm happy that you cut off Cleveland chat before it got too deep. Because yeah, yeah. Nothing. Sorry, I did. I just wanted. I like to point that out because I think it's weird for such a major a major city to have no one in it. Now, um, there was a venue I played a show there once. I can't remember what the fuck the name of the place was. It's gone now. Put in Bay. No, it was a shitty. Fuck. There's a lot of those, man. Was it in Parma? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, venues in Cleveland. <sighs> it's because I was drinking. I got to find this out because I really while, wanted to go there. While you're Googling, we can swap uh, tragic musician stories. Uh, while I was in Cleveland, I've been a, a, a gigging musician for a long time, not anymore. But when I moved to Cleveland, I didn't really have any connects there. But uh, I hooked up with a cover band that played. Uh, it was an 80s new wave cover band. Um, and we were called the Masters of Awesomeness. And uh, we played a shitload of, uh, of just little. We started in dive bars. We played some decent places around there, but it was uh, it was like it was full on middle aged tragedy, man. I was like the youngest guy in the at like thirty three years old, and we were just rocking out some fucking Rick ass. Definitely new wave. I get that, but like, but like it was just it, it was it was full on tragedy. But man, people love that kind of music when they drink. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. There was uh, the first band I was in was a band called Terror Dactyl. T-E-R-R-O-R. I get it. I yep. get it. <clears throat> the first show we ever played, um, the sound guy was in a Christian band. Granted, Sweet. I'm full-blown Christian. No one else in that band was. They just turned us off. Halfway through, the guy just turned off the soundboard. Just because you get the devil? Yeah, pretty much. Um, we uh, the, A couple shows later, we bought 30 cheeseburgers from McDonald's and threw them at people while we were playing. Holy shit, that's amazing. We all wore short shorts and we'd slap each other's butts in between every song. Um, yeah, that was the first band I ever played I in. I don't see any problems with any of that. I, I still I have, I have shows on DVD. Nice. Yeah. Why aren't we just broadcasting those live on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> I know like two people that would pay to see money. They would pay to see those, pay money to see those, sorry. I'm trying to read at the same time. What the fuck was the name? I know the Creepy Crawl was in St. Louis. We played there. That's closed. But there, there is nothing like busting into uh, some flock of seagulls that will make a bunch of middle-aged Cleveland women just lose their shit. It's amazing, man. Ah, man, crank. Ah, man, I see crankies, but I don't know if that's what it was. I know that much is true. Maybe this was crankies. I don't know. I was a huge Chimera fan, and um, the dudes in Chimera actually came to that show because their buddy was playing in one of the, the headlining band. Nice. Yeah, I don't know if that means anything to you. Guessing by the silence, no. No, but you mean a lot to me. I feel like you're lying to me. No, I feel like he's drunk enough that maybe he does. You guys. <laughs> that was, are that both... was the next part. Is like I've already sent you a big old box of beer. You don't have to like yeah. sweet talk me anymore. You guys We're are best both friends. at a level now that you can either talk about a Disney movie, uh, or you can just start swinging dong at the screen. He's gonna wake up tomorrow morning and be like, "Oh fuck." And you're going to have 47 text messages from me. I'll be like, hey, what you thinking? What you thinking about? How was last night? Were you okay with it? You okay with everything we did last night? 
But once Matt do, Matt's done with his trip down a uh, Eagle Lane, we could talk about the we could talk about the movie. But I want to make sure that Matt. Fuck um, you, man. I'm fucking 30. I would like to re- relive the things that I did before I was married. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> You're 30. Cry me a river. <sighs> no, I know. 30 is really not that old. I still act like I'm 20, but I hurt like I'm 40. <laughs> Inside. <laughs> it averages out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about Mr. Boogity, which I actually thought was a really, really funny movie. Boogity, boogity, boo! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I found myself three times a day yelling that at one of my dogs. Fuck yes. Uh, we have we have a dog whose name is Officer O.T. Booger, and I often call him Boogie, and now I just call him Mr. Boogity. God damn it, yes. Yeah. So I'm glad to have made, glad to have made an impact on your life. Yeah, sometimes I cry after I masturbate when I think about how you're not there to hold me. <laughs> Yikes. Man. <I> gotta keep <laughs> Let's just keep the awkward silence there for a couple minutes. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there was a, there was a clear plot to this movie. A family moves into a house that is haunted by Mr. Boogity. Um, very Disney-esque. Yes. The dad owns a gag store, which dad jokes galore through this entire fucking movie. High caliber dad jokes. (laughs) Even to the end, there is nothing but dad jokes. Just 50 caliber bullet of dad joke to the head every five seconds in that movie. My favorite was the vacuum cleaner where the guy popped out and then it shot ping pong balls. Yeah. And the kids are just staring at him like, Dad, our house is fucking haunted and just... (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't stop. Easily my favorite part of this. this. It was very solid. Oh, God. Um... Yeah, Mr. Boogity has and a was actually a working vacuum, by the way. That that's the other that's thing. True, is that it sucked up Mr. That, Boogity at the end. Not it, sucked the, him the, off. It sucked him up. Works better than my fucking five hundred dollar Dyson. That what bullshit is that? You know what you got to do, hardwood son. You don't even need a vacuum. That's true. It's adult. It's adult. Only hardwood is my balls. I don't get it. Yeah, why are your balls hardwood? Shouldn't your oh, well, pee-pee? they're they're manufactured lumber. <laughs> Ah, well, that now makes a little sense. <laughs> Just, I get it now. I get it. I get why it clinks when you walk. Um, yeah. We also have to point out the fact that uh, David Faustino played this one of the sons. Bud. Bud. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, Richard Mauser, or Mazer is from John Carpenter's The Thing, was also the dad in License to Drive. Yep. Uh, he's been in some other stuff. Mimi Kennedy, I've seen in fucking everything. I can't even tell you any one role that she's had. But I know that I've seen her all over the place for the last 30-something years. Benji Gregory, who played the younger son, is the kid from ALF. And then, of course, yeah. And then the elder, well, the daughter, who's the oldest one in there, is played by 17-year-old Christy Swanson. The original Buffy. The only true Buffy. Yeah, I said it. No, that's Our fine. Only true Buffy. One, one time I watched the entire series of Buffy just to get some poontang. <laughs> well, you know what? Probably whatever. That Rubbing your dick against <laughs> the TV screen is not exactly getting laid. Yeah. Oh, shit, Corey. <laughs> but I'm not above it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I haven't done it. It's just a matter of semantics. The same, hey, dude. same girl clogged and overflowed my parents' toilet. Nice. So she fucking parties is what you're getting after here. That's... <laughs> She's a very high fiber diet. 
<laughs> anal is not something for first timers. You got to do that in a place where you've got access to a good shit house. Well, uh, Corey, I've seen a couple of documentaries that say to the contrary. Uh, some online documentaries I'll point you to that talk about first timers doing anal. <laughs> no more, uh, no more uh, internet what? for me today. No more. <laughs> Those yeah. sites are hurting my feelings. <laughs> No, you know, hey, Matt, watching the Buffy series to get laid, there are dudes that have suffered through a lot worse. I, I got I got nothing but respect for that. You know, if, if it ends if it ends in being if it ends in getting laid, there's not a lot I can fault you for there. I, uh, at least you got entertainment. That's true. I'm I'm presently staring at, what, 14 hours of Twilight just to hang out with Matt on the internet. Nice. No. Nice. No. No, it's not. No. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. All you have to do to be cooler than him at this point is not make me watch 14 hours of Twilight and hang out with me on the internet. <clears throat> That's how I got yeah, Matt through here. Xanadu last week. <laughs> I said, you can't bitch about the fact that we're watching Xanadu for the podcast of terror and then have all the fucking Twilight movies sitting there rotting on your Plex server for the last year and a half because of the promise. Not even the fulfilled promise, but the, the hopeful promise that at some point we'll get to do this with Matt Vincent. Like, it's a privilege for us to hang out with Matt Vincent, but we have to watch fucking Twilight to do it. Yep. Oh, God. I hope he never does the podcast and just makes you watch it. <laughs> you know what? Forget it, guys. Fuck it. Every time I'm like, hey, dude, you want to come back on the show? He's just like, yeah, get me in like a month. Like, I see what you're doing here. Every time I ask him, it's just give me, you know, give me a month. He just starts quizzing you, like, does Bella turn into a vampire? Like, I don't fucking know. Well, then call me in a month. I don't even think he knows. I think his wife loves them, and he thought it would be funny. He literally has his <laughs> own list of movies that we're going to watch for him. Do you know the most common celebrity appearance comparison that I get? Because I don't get many, because I guess celebrities are generally good-looking people. Is, uh, I'd fuck Robert you. Thank you, but... You know, uh, that doesn't put me in like really. I'd fuck a spaghetti company. squash too, though, so don't don't get too pumped. <laughs> like it's not a not an elite club I'm in, I guess. Nope. Yeah, I get compared. Like people say, I look like fucking Robert Pattinson in that movie, and it infuriates me. No, not at all. Yeah, I'm I'm way more sparkly than he is. <laughs> Jesus, spend a lot of time with uh, strippers. <sighs> no, on the record. On the record, no. As soon as we go off, I'm like, do I love strippers? Dude, here's my list. <laughs> they're taking her top off right now. Uh, <laughs> Susie, read that back for me. <laughs> Slowly. Oh, with a southern drawl. Yeah, look, I, I just figured like we're on the podcast of terror. Like we probably have a lot of uh, sci-fi listeners and fans. I know I'll probably rile some people up by saying that Christy Swanson is the one true Buffy because I didn't watch the TV show, but I did see the movie. <laughs> I saw the movie. I was a big fan of the TV show. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. But the movie had some great moments. And and certainly uh, Paul Rubens it just was stellar in that, especially because he had the look that he had right after he had gotten mugshot. Yes, so good. God, I, I gained mad respect for that man after that movie. That was, that was pretty damn good. And he, he made it back. He got to come back as Pee-wee again and, and, and do yeah. all the kids show shit and then do the, the cool new peewee movie that was on netflix that, and then, that and then is incredible the yeah well he did that at that point yeah. in time that, that was his middle point let's right. not that overlook was... the fact that christy swanson was in hot shots good yes. point good point yep but not part i would never ah, fucking part two is i'm gonna fucking i'm gonna 
acquire both of those films right now. <laughs> so how about the John Aston appearance in there? I feel yes. like solely done just to say John Aston's in it. <laughs> that was the only like it didn't serve a great deal of purpose. He was like his name could have been Mr. Exposition. Here's the context for what's happening. Bah. John Aston at that point in time was probably just doing guest spots on Night Court, not doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh before he was in the Frighteners, that was a few years later, where he actually got to look like a like a creepier version of the character they played in here, actually. Huh. But I loved seeing John Aston in this. I, I love John Aston in general. Uh, my mom had the biggest crush on him when she was a teenager. And then I had a huge crush on Petty Duke, which is weird. Uh, but just in general, John Aston is, is a treasure. And it was nice to see him in this. Did, did you have this a is crush David on Fust, you know, Duke or her identical cousin? Which one yeah, do you have well, a crush on? I mean, I'm, I'm more a Kathy than a Patty. Ah, oh, you're yeah. See, I know the kind of girls you're into now. Yeah, it's like oh, we are so fucking old, dude. <laughs> 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 There's like everybody listening to this, like, what the fuck are they talking about? They couldn't even hum that theme song again. That's my thing. Like, I'll know every theme song to everything ever. I know but, the theme song to that. I know the song that she sang when all of a sudden they had to record a song in the oh. show uh, called Butterflies, and then they used the same music for that song in a movie that she was in. And they rewrote the lyrics, and it was called uh, I'm an In-Between. Same oh. exact fucking tune, two different sets of lyrics, both Patty Duke songs. I, I, yeah, I way too much know this shit. It used to be so much easier to be in Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. so much easier. Now you have to have like a million followers on Instagram or something before you get a TV show, I think. Well, if you watch the, the story of Patty Duke's life, apparently it wasn't that easy. <laughs> No, she didn't have not she did not have an easy run of things. So, what do we know about the actor who played Mr. Boogie? I'm fascinated to see if you guys have any background there. Howard Witt. I've never heard of that human being in my life. As Corey and I both bring up his IMDb page. <laughs> well, no, he, was, he was someone that I just I didn't see from from anything. He he just he wasn't much. Uh, even in the film, he wasn't much. I remember him as Judge Keith Silver on Law and Order. What? I'm. Totally just reading this page. But yeah, he was on Law and Order. Nice. Death of a Salesman. Everybody was on Law and Order at some point, man. He was also I on may... Walt Disney. Oh, no, never mind. Fuck, That's wrong. this. I, I may actually remember him playing Charles Tillman on the Carlson for President episode of WKRP in Cincinnati. I, I do remember that episode distinctly. And I remember the Holy whole God. debate scene where they were all up there. And and one of the guys was like i'm for busing i'm for busing every commie pinko out of this county and just like i might know who this guy is whoa, whoa, whoa. did you know that there's a sequel to this yeah yes ride a boogity ride a boogity i watched it right after so you're coming back to do that one right i guess we got my second appearance <laughs> can you put down a date for the second appearance <laughs> we'll pencil you let in. me give you a couple of warnings john aston uh fuck yeah it's Chrissy like the entire Swanson, the entire original and, cast is back no that's what? just it john aston chrissy swanson well, and benji gregory do not come back but, for the sequel but richard masseur and david faustino are so. absolutely well, and mimi kennedy does benji oh, gregory yeah. in the sequel is replaced by the kid who was the son in harry and the hendersons how great was the sequel since you're the only one that's seen it it is three times as long and about as half as deep it is just like as bad as this was and it's not good 
The second one just seemed to go on for fucking ever and made no sense. But you could tell that but, they upped the budget. They both got a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, so I can only That's imagine. That's because people drink when they watch shows like this. That's, that's how I live. <laughs> so I, I watched here's a th- as much of the thing as I could. I could not tell you why it was called Bride of Boogity because I don't remember any bride in the entire fucking thing, but I did pass out at some point because it was that stupid. Huh. Fair enough. I think that's probably why most people rated a 7.5. <laughs> yeah. That same phenomenon. So let me ask this, since, again, I like to pick your guys' brains because you're a little more connoisseurs of this kind of stuff. Clearly there's some, like, Amityville horror going on here, right? Like, oh, I'm moving to a house and there's a spirit. Like, you know, they, yeah. like, they're, they're borrowing heavily there. I feel like the theme of, like, the colonial era, like, the bad guy from, like, the colonial era, uh, you know, like, Salem witch trials kind of thing or, like, deal with the devil, I feel like that's calling on something else. You know what I mean? Like they, how they do the backstory where they do the flashback. It's like, here's how Mr. Boogity came to be at the William Hanover story or whatever. Like, I feel like that's borrowing from something. Are there other like horror movies out there that like call back to that colonial horror kind of stuff? Honestly, I think Petty Duke was in one. <laughs> Damn, no way. You're just you're just forcing that segue. No, I no swear to God, I think I remember some movie where Petty Duke was was it was all the the witch trials and things and they were all sitting around in a church and in school marm outfits and i i i believe that that is the case is that there was some movie like that where they were all supposed to be witches huh it, nice. that's the same reaction i would have had huh yep <laughs> I'm trying. There was something popular that had some theme of this. It wasn't American Horror Story, was it? I don't, again, it's not a TV show that I really watch. But well, uh, so American Horror Story, the latest season is. I, we're still eight episodes shy of finishing it. Like they've just been sitting there for a long time. But the, the so far, what I've seen is people move into a house, and it's like a documentary of. Um, well, it's called Roanoke, so it kind of calls back to that old time e situation so i see where you're going with this so technically at this point yes when i finish it i'll actually i'll actually answer that you know what i was you know what i just realized i was thinking of have you guys ever seen the movie warlock that 89 film oh yeah no yeah that's what it makes me think of that's what it is because that's like he's an actual warlock from colonial times and like time travel whatever and it's based in that whole like that's what i was thinking of but I don't know this. When, when did Mr. Boogity come out? Did we have a year on 86. that? 86. 86 so and maybe, 87 for the sequel. So maybe Warlock stole from Mr. Boogity. <laughs> I think it's totally possible. Dude, that was about to jump ship on, but that I remember I watched that Warlock movie like a million times. I thought that was a, I thought that was the dopest shit ever when I was a kid. That of course you did. So awesome. And like they, uh, like like they, the heroes are like Amish people that help out and shit. It's fantastic. Corey drives the boat. I gotta pee. That's gotta be like a a keystone moment in Amish history, right? Where they were like the heroes that helped out in a movie. (laughs) It's gotta be. (laughs) It's it's that and Kingpin is what the Amish have basically in terms of movie history, right? Uh, What was the one with Harrison Ford? Witness. Witness. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that didn't shine the best light on Amish Amish society. Uh, if you haven't seen it, there was a series on Cinemax in the last couple of years about a guy who gets out of, of prison 
and goes to this small town that uh, he gets into uh, a skirmish with the local sheriff who's just about to start as the sheriff in the town. And a couple of guys come in and try to rob the place. The sheriff gets killed, so he takes over the identity of the sheriff for this town. But the town is, like, it's an Amish portion of the community. And the guy who runs the town as the big gangster drug dealer is someone who was kicked out of the the whole Amish family. But there's a lot of stuff with them in that. Uh, It is actually a pretty good show. Trying to remember the name Cinemax. of it because I was I was into it for a while. Yeah, it starts out very clearly Cinemax, where the first episode is like here's random sex scenes for no reason whatsoever, and it it does that for a couple of seasons, but then it finally starts to lead past that where like every once in a while you'll get a little bit of it, but it it became more aware of itself and was like it felt strong enough in how it was telling the story. It's called Banshee. Uh, it's only I think four seasons. It was really I've actually heard people say- quite good. Heard people say good things about that. I remember the softcore porn jokes early on, actually, when that came out, because I remember hearing people talk about it. And it's great because, like, it's like there's one thing you can count on, like, through the years, no matter what Cinemax is, you can always count on the fact there's gonna be awkward softcore porn scenes in it, where like the dude is like somehow humping a girl's lower back, like they don't get the angles yeah. right. The Cinemax porn, but yeah, like I, I've heard good things about that. I just I find that whole like that. Going back to the Mr. Boogity thing, I, I, not to say like it inspired any deep thoughts, but like I just find that whole like call back to colonial times very interesting because like that's that's that can be potentially pretty dark stuff, and that's very like a purely American thing that's very ingrained in our culture and stuff. I thought it was kind of interesting that it went there. I think it's like almost the people that wrote it realized like, well, that'll add some depth because they could have just as easily said like this guy died in like '65. You know? right. <laughs> like he was just a dick to his wife and kid and talked to the devil. Like, yeah, yeah, but it makes more sense if they did it back in like the Salem days or whatever. I'm I'm guessing you haven't seen The Witch, correct? The Witch. Yeah, it came out no, in I... twenty late twenty fifteen. Nope. It's pretty good. I mean it's it's essentially a period movie of that era. Uh about a family did you did you Google this while you were taking a piss? No, I've seen. I saw this movie in the theater, like a fucking adult without children. Wow! Yeah, I'm impressed. Bitch. That's what a vasectomy will get you. It's time to go see movies. Yeah, do up your man bun, <laughs> fucking whore. Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right for you. I, I mean, also the village is kind of a a weird take on the the same sort of thing. Very but true. Wasn't wasn't the village actually like current? It's been a long, long time right. since I've seen it. It it was current, but you didn't know that that was the reveal at the end. Right. Well, The Witch, there is no reveal because it's not an M. Night Shyamalan a Ding Dong garbage pail. Yeah, I know. It, just, it came to mind because it's one of those things that my wife, for some reason, likes to watch. We watched Split last night and Jesus How Christ. How was it? Um, That's not a good I answer. feel like I sat through the whole movie to get to the stinger at the end that everybody was talking about. Like, oh my God, you got to see Split because of this thing that happens at the end and what it's gleaned up to. And I got to the end and I'm like, well, I kind of knew that this was going to happen and there wasn't enough of it to make up for the fact that I had to watch the whole goddamn movie. It wasn't terrible. Well, It just wasn't good. <laughs> I had to watch the whole fucking movie because everyone said it was great and then I got to the end and eh, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was fine. It, it was better than I expected from him. At this point, but my wife said, "Well, that movie was shitty," God and and she's the one who watches. She watches fucking Devil, the Elevator movie. She watches 
signs over and over again and I'm like how the fuck do you do this fucking signs god if i come home and lady in the water is on i'm gonna burn down the fucking house with you in it oh god yes wow that uh so if a theater burns down at its beach if Corey's house burns down it's Corey. i'm glad that we have this all recorded i mean we'd also do it when the purge is happening (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that caveat yeah Actually, if Corey's house burned down his wife, and it was probably me too. Let's just go ahead and get that Fair out. Fair enough. So I guess going back to the purge conversation, if if the purge happened and I had the opportunity to do something, I may just masturbate in public. Ooh, nice. You know what? Why kill somebody when you can just jerk off <laughs> like a cop just rolls down the street, just looking him in the eyes? He knows you're yeah. in the, he knows you're in the spank bank at that point. Well, and like people are less likely to probably come after you violently if you're just jacking it. Like, <laughs> just in my front yard, going, <laughs> going yard yeah, on my like, own dick. Like, one, it's gross. And two, they're clear that guy's fucking insane. Like, that guy will do things I won't. And like, it's, it's just gross. Like, can you think of a better way to defuse a fight than just start jacking off? Like, you're at a bar, some guy bumps into your girl, and he's Man. like, what, dude? You just fucking start jacking at eye contact with him. Like, you're not going to fight. That is the most. Matt, what are you going to do with the other 11 hours and 59 minutes? Well, you know. That's a you... good point. Fake fake beat. You got to <laughs> eat, I guess. I got to eat. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to. I'm not. I can beat with my left and eat with my right. I can eat, yeah, it's eat a, with it's my a... left, beat with my right. I'm not sure. But if I eat with my right, beat with my left, it'll take longer because I'm not super coordinated as a, you know. Trying to visualize for the camera here. I'll tell you, before the days of the internet, I was a full-on righty, but the, the internet made me ambidextrous because you have to use the right hand for the mouse. <laughs> you, got, you got a mouse click with the right and beat with the left. This is just the way that... You know, I like to prime the pump with the left, mouse click with the right, and then when you find the right video, that's when you can't... Better run. run. Yep. That's Back. nice. That's that's good technique. That's solid. Solid technique. Kids of today with their Cortana, they're not going to understand our struggles. Yeah. <laughs> Susie, can you read that back? Although kids these days with their echoes will know what it's like to be ignored by a woman. hey I got two of them and neither of them listen to me. Tip your way, staff. We'll be here all week. <laughs> oh, man. That's... Hey, Matt's going to be at the comic store on uh, December 14th. <laughs> <laughs> Just telling jerk-off jokes for 45 minutes. <sighs> I went guy matt's show on december 14th and he literally did just masturbate the whole time <laughs> that was Susie telling me that <laughs> i found the oh, the patty duke movie i was thinking of by the way it's Thanks, called Corey. harvest of fire from 1996 stars patty duke and lolita davidovich harvest of fire from 1996 a female FBI agent comes to a distrustful Amish community to investigate a multiple building arson incident. Harvest of fire. Damn. <laughs> I like how Beach is getting into the Googling. I am jerking it to that later. That a boy. Patty Duke was kind of a dime piece back in the uh, day. Yeah. Say that again? Patty Duke was kind of a dime piece, Matt. I've never heard dime piece before. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm here, man. I hang out with I hang out on the internet all day and have an Instagram account and stuff. I know all the cool lingo. See, I'm more privy to slam piece, hot sliz. Oh, see, you're probably ahead of me then. See, I, I, I feel like respect women. That's fire. That's fire, Matt. Fuck yeah. You're gonna spit hot fire. 
Um, <laughs> funny story about that that I hope you appreciate. My buddy and I were at a Taco Bell drive-thru because we're fat. <clears throat> and uh, the lady's like, dude, what kind of hot sauce do you want? And he just goes, fire, like my mixtape. <laughs> I lost my shit laughing and then proceeded to eat my tacos while giggling. And I'm sure you were not high at all. <laughs> I was super drunk. It was after a local wrestling Because you're event. fat. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't need to be high to eat tacos. I eat Taco Bell when I'm sober. It fucking helps, though. <laughs> oh, it definitely helps. Yeah. I was but drunk, I can though. Eat I was some, very drunk. I can eat some tacos when I'm drunk, but I can eat a lot of fucking tacos when I'm high. <laughs> there was uh, and I was, I was... Hypothetically, I was not high, but um, when we lived in our apartment, my we went to the Taco Bell drive-thru. My wife's like, why don't you just get a Taco 12-pack? And I'm like, why don't I just get two? And she goes, why don't you get three? I proceeded to order three Taco 12-packs and eat nothing but Taco Bell tacos for like the next three days. I've seen, I, I Taco don't Bell see tacos have no substance. That's what I'm saying. That's why I could eat like a dozen in a sitting. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah that, that's like being impressed with yourself for eating White Castle. I'm, and I'm not <laughs> saying be impressed. I'm saying... If if be impressed of any part of that is that the fact that she just kept one upping me until I ordered thirty six Taco Bell tacos and it was normal. That's how you know you married the right woman. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Sometimes if I'm really full, she just looks at me and she goes, "Don't stop at the top," and I keep <laughs> eating. <sighs> Do it, pussy. One time I ate so much around her that I, my back hurt and I couldn't stand up. Now I know that's why she that- doesn't want to be caught on screen with you. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually that pain you get in your back. That's actually diabetes starting. Are you serious? Please don't tell me that. It's the shark piercing pain of of shame. That's when the beatus penetrates (laughs) your spinal fluid. And that's when it starts. Oh, good thing I don't don't do that much anymore these days. Once in a while, I got to lay on the floor after I eat, but that's about it. All of a sudden, Matt's oh, yeah. mustache yeah, I mean, grows a six inches long, and he says, we won't get any older, and yeah. we won't ever die. Where's <laughs> Wilford Brimley for diabetes? <laughs> he also sold oatmeal. Do you remember that? That Wilford Brimley also did oatmeal commercials? So, like, he did diabetes yeah. commercials later after selling everybody after selling everybody carbs for, like, 20 years. Holy it's shit. It's the right thing to do, and it tasted the way to do it. it yeah, he also was on... <laughs> Uh, our house with Shannon Doherty. For Quaker Oats, man. Yeah, Quaker Oats. You know, when I was a kid and got a hold of a nickel, I thought I was rich. <laughs> I didn't turn up my nose at pennies either. Today, some folks won't even bend to pick them up. <laughs> well, here's a steaming Quaker Oatmeal. And I can't think of a healthier way to start today. Did he say steaming Quaker Oatmeal? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he said, see, this is Quaker Oatmeal. Okay. Oh, God, hang on. You guys got to see this. <laughs> all right no, there it is god damn it yes that fucking walrus mustache <laughs> right, oh fuck yeah Wilfred Brimley right. that man is a human walrus he's he's something you one nickel god, it's just like the original screaming in clouds that that's what <laughs> Wilfred Brimley was. Uh, classic oh. Wilfred Brimley all right so you guys because I brought this movie into your lives you have to tell me what was your what was the best moment for you in Mr. Boogity? What was the best moment? Uh, I know I'm gonna have to go with the vacuum cleaner because that's that's the most memorable part. But the ping pong balls, yeah, the ping pong balls, yeah. There was early on in the movie, um, I just remember thinking, 
I'm gonna like this movie. <laughs> like this is not this is not gonna be a horrible watch, and I'm actually gonna have fun with this. Um, yep. So I for that thank you because people have brought shitty movies that I have been very hard pressed to finish. Like I've gone to do my dishes and laundry in the middle. Like this, I sat and watched the entire thing. Granted, it was only 45 minutes, which helped. A ton. Now I was really happy when I saw that too. Um, I think for me, but no one asked the, you. That's true, but fair enough. Fair enough. You win. <laughs> I thought I was a guest. Um, so I liked the fact that um, you know when they had he had the like the joke mummy, but then Mister Boogie bought the oh, mummy. Yeah. I love that the mummy was like classically trained and like. <laughs> and hip-hop that that mummy had like serious moves like modern dance moves like if like if you brought the spirit of like something from egypt like you know (laughs) appropriate like but no who brought like a guy that died six years ago that ran a dance studio in fucking lower manhattan that's the guy that he put into the the spirit that he put into the mummy not a true egyptian (laughs) and then like they even use it in the promos for the disney sunday movie it's like that Fucking mummy, like <laughs> just popping lines <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> so, if you're if you're listening to this, which, you weren't you which weren't. Which goes against both things. It's it's not it's not just that. Okay, the Egyptian mummy dance like this. It's that the Amish Satan cloak <laughs> bastard ghost is the one who said, "Hey, why do you do some hip hop moves in there? Uh, cool Modi, why don't you just fucking?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that hold on, I have to look it up. The fact that William Hanover of uh, colonial days understood the, the value of popping and locking. <laughs> He's dead. He's not out of date. <laughs> it's true. He kept up. He, he kept, kept up. Dead. He's watching MTV. I mean, I want to scare the hell out of this family, but I don't want them to think I'm not hip. Well, that's the thing. He wanted to scare <laughs> him, but he also wanted to think he was cool. Right. God damn, yeah, this yeah, ghost I'm is scared, scary, but... but... He's got flavor. <laughs> it's like, I guess I better not step to that. Jesus. You do not want to get served. That's true. Uh, Corey, what do you got? What's your favorite part? What's your favorite part of the movie? You know, mostly what this this movie brought me was it was evocative of a movie that I liked a lot when I was younger called Saturday the 14th, which uh, was a, a spoof horror movie that was like early 80s thing and it was a family moves into this house and there's all these classic monsters is there there's the creature from the black lagoon is hanging out in the bathtub there's just a whole bunch of dumb shit it's all stupid sight gags they actually did a sequel to that one too surprisingly enough but it it reminded me a lot of what this was huh i've well now i have to look that up because there's really nothing more i enjoy than things being like just patently ridiculous and bad I find that I find it takes a lot of courage. You know, at a certain point, like what I think about whenever I watch a movie like this, this Mr. Boogity thing is like along the line, like years, like several years probably before Mr. Boogity came to fruition, before they started, like you know, they they sold it to Disney, Disney started developing, or like somebody in house started doing. This was somebody's baby. You know what I mean? Like this whole idea of this colonial figure that like sold the soul to the devil. And became the spirit that haunts us. That was somebody's baby, and that was probably like a real horror story they were writing. That was probably like they were really like into that, and they liked it. And then over time, over the course of like business and review panels and executives and Disney and all those things, it became this. 
And I find a certain ridiculous beauty in that. It, like in what products actually become from what an artist creates. And I, I, I just know, I don't have anything to back it up. I don't have any references. I just know in my soul that there was some writer somewhere that this was his baby. This was the horror movie that he was going to get on the map with. And it became Mr. Boogity and subsequently Bride of Boogity. Yeah, and he, the director did the sequel as well. Uh, Scott came back for the second one too. There you go. It, it it was like I I didn't get enough out in the first one. I need to do another. Oh, by the way, the first one is forty five minutes. This next one, I need to be a hundred minutes. Is that how long the second one is? Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's almost two hours. It, <sighs> it it is stunningly long. Like that's that's what it is. Is I watched the first one and I said, oh well, that went quick. I should check the second one just so I can answer any trivia for it. And it just kept fucking going. <laughs> <laughs> like wow i'm learning a lot about the boogity clan here <laughs> is 40 minutes of that just backstory on the boogity they do introduce the backstory they have a character that replaces the john Aston character as the guy who he starts out with a, a group of kids around a fire and he's telling them the story of mr boogity and the the family down the street who as soon as they moved in there they started being haunted by this ghost and it gives you all of that and then it immediately goes in the family saying Oh, we don't believe any of the kids where they're telling us that they see Mr. Boogity because we got rid of Mr. Boogity. So, of course, it's impossible that he would be back. Just like it was impossible there was a ghost called Mr. Boogity in the first time until we fucking saw him everywhere and he tried raping us with a vacuum cleaner. So do we even need to watch the next one? You pretty much just told us everything. No, the, the next one goes very different. It, it's it's in, instilled them more into the town. It, they open up their their gag shop. So if you think any of the characters have have moved on, have moved on up from the first one, they haven't. But they they do a parade in the town or some like local thing, and the 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 dad is the head of the parade this year, and he's opening up his shop. And there's another guy, Eugene Levy is the owner of another store that doesn't want these people there. He wants yeah, all the yeah. attention on him. So wow. there, there's some nice additions in that regard. It's still, it's it's very long. It, it, if it had been the same length, it would have been more enjoyable, but it, it just, it seems to be, oh, we can do this like a full-scale movie this time because we had the first one. They probably shouldn't have. Well, look, man, when you have a, when you have a smash international success, <laughs> you know, it's like with James Cameron and Avatar. Like, you're going to earn some freedoms with Avatar 2. And I think that's kind of what happened here. I mean, clearly, we probably saw we probably saw some better makeup work for Mr. Boogity. Am I wrong? No, I, I don't think it was any better. In fact, Mr. Boogity, it takes a long time for him to actually show up as himself. You're, you're led to believe that the character is has... It's a big fake out that someone else is trying to scare them off, Alice Scooby Doo, uh, and and then it's oh shit! But now because of this, we've accidentally brought back Mister Boogity. Uh, no rhyme or reason as to why that happens. It just sort of does. They let him out of the vacuum cleaner, right? Yeah, and it keeps with tradition. We didn't see true Mister Boogity until like the last several minutes of the original movie. You know, maybe that's like he he likes to present himself in other ways. Like you know, maybe. Maybe it's a little shy. Like in the butt? <laughs> like in the butt. Jesus, Matthew. <laughs> oh, here's, my, here's my question, though, being the only one of Among Us that has seen Bride of Boogity. I may have seen it when I was younger, but I, as we said, I had a lot of, like, 
we just found out I had a lot of really bad stuff in my childhood, apparently. So I probably left. Like, I, I almost down. feel bad about like exposing your horrendous childhood. Yeah, I know. It's, but it, you know what? It makes for great content, so whatever. Yeah. Um, does Jennifer Day... Now, I know you said Christy Swanson doesn't come back in Ted Boogie, but does the character Jennifer Davis come back, or has she moved on? Has she gone to college or something? Uh, no, they have her played by a different actress as well. Uh, the I forget what her name is, but she was the daughter on the move or the TV series Angie in the early, maybe late seventies, early eighties, with the guy from Airplane. Oh, and yeah, uh, she was in a ton of stuff. I I saw her on reruns of Drew Carey recently, actually. But so different daughter. The same daughter, but different actress playing uh, the younger son. Like I said, was replaced by the son from Harry and the Hendersons, and the rest of the family is there. And the the whoever the guy around town who's telling everybody like how this shit happens has been replaced. Hmm. It's disappointing. It's, it, it's a little disappointing, but Christy Swanson had a really good 1986. Because that was the same year that she had what was arguably one of the most memorable lines in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She also ah. was in Deadly Friend that year. She was in a few other things. So that was not exactly when she blew up, but it was certainly where she was getting her first real chance at stardom. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you could probably say a lot of that's due to Mr. Boogity, if we're perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that actually pre, predated the other stuff, and... It it may be that that was what was leading to it. <laughs> I think we can all agree that this was pretty much the turning point. Can we can we <laughs> and, uh, also agree that the creators of Married with Children saw Mr. Boogity and they're like, "There's our Bud Bundy." Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like he he's is, got this combination. He is Bud like because he's he's it, it, it's encouraged in this family. To be a shit starter, it's encouraging this family to pull pranks on everybody else. It's true, but he he's he's a little instigator, and but you never that, see him try to slay some serious sliz. No, he's also ten. Well, <laughs> you know, when I was ten, I was working that punani. I'm that's Excuse a complete me. joke. There's, I don't think I knew what a vagina was when I was ten. I you know I, I think maybe ten years ago I figured it out honestly. <laughs> on Beach's twenty fifth birthday, he finally found the clitoris. I'm, I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the highlights book that gives me an illustrated guide to it. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's like the Mad TV or the Mad Mad magazines. You got to fold the back panel like three thirds <laughs> to figure Mad fold in. <laughs> fold find the clitoris. God, we are old as shit, fellas. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, Maybe maybe the maybe the producers of Married with Children did see that, but maybe they also realized that they needed a strong teenage blonde female to offset him. Maybe they saw that from Mr. Boogie. So I guess what I'm getting at is I think if maybe we could look at how in rock music we have a couple of trees of descent here. We have you know you could trace back American rock music to the sixties to say you have a tree that came from the Beatles and a tree that came from the Rolling Stones. Like maybe you could say like there's a trail, like there's a there's a hierarchy. Or a you know family tree of filmmaking in horror movies that like one starts with like The Exorcist and one starts with Mister Boogity. Thoughts? <laughs> that is an intensely deep, deep idea. Yeah, it's deep something. 
Look, I look, man. I, uh, I'm two beers in. This is I was not. Pre- I was not prepared for you to be like this. You thought I was just gonna be a, a, a meathead fuck off. I assumed you get two beers in and just be like, "Do you even lift, bro? Hey, bro." Dude, I don't even lift. Fuck. I'm, su- I'm surprised <laughs> that you've won anything. Those chicken <laughs> legs. <laughs> Me and you both, partner. Uh, you know. Everybody else got everybody else got stomach flu the days that I won. That's what I that's what I stand by. <laughs> You're the only one that shows up. I won. Uh, I feel almost Yay! bad saying it. Yeah, it's yeah, Faustino, the 1987, the Bride of Boogity came out, and that's the same year that Married with Children started. So it and 87, the other thing he did was he did a voice on a Disney cartoon called The Adventures of the Gummy Bears for one episode. So, But after that, it was three years before he did anything else, and that was a guest spot on Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which was also a Fox series. So it kind of seemed like once he got discovered, probably from Mr. Boogity, it was just that was his, his long haul. What we have to ask ourselves, fellas, is how much of our current American culture how much Americana is based on Mr. Boogity now? Like how much, what, what impact has, has Mr. Boogity had on us as people in our day-to-day lives? You know, I think that's, I think that's a worthy question. I'm Googling it. <laughs> <laughs> what was the impact of Mr. Boogity? And you know, you know what I wonder too, if uh, David Faustino, that year that he's doing uh, Bride of Boogity and uh, the people familiar with children are calling and you know, they're doing, they're, they're starting to shoot pilots and everything like that. Like, I just imagine there's phone calls with his agent where, like, this Fox show is called. They're like, hey, you know, um, we want to get David in. We want to shoot this pilot. We need to work a schedule. And his agent's like, wait, wait. We're about to wrap on Bride of Boogity. I need you to be patient while he finishes this. This is, this is David's magnum opus. <laughs> this, the performance he puts in here very well launched him into the stratosphere. And I understand that you're very concerned about Married with Children, but we need to focus on Boogity right now. <laughs> Well, speaking of magnum opuses, Michael Janover, the writer of both Mr. Boogity and The Bride of Boogity, Bride of Boogity was his last listed work. He had worked on, he was, he's, he's listed as the screenplay writer for the Philadelphia Experiment. So it's not like he didn't have something going into this, but he, he's, he did Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity. And he's like, that's all I've got to say. I'm done. I am spent. That was his mic drop. I mean, what? What better way to end, honestly? He probably pop and locked and then dropped the mic, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Susie, can you read that back to me? (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity are listed as five and six of the 15 best Halloween TV specials by some dickhead on the internet. That's pretty much but, where my, it's pretty much where question. my search got me. You just write that list now and put it on the internet. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's 13 Simpsons references in Bride of Boogity and Mr. Boogity. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, so, yes, I did write it. Yes. I, I made it. I made an Angel Fire website just to host this. <laughs> Dude, you got to go GeoCities. GeoCities <sighs> is... Uh, Stable. Never had a good time with with GeoCities. Is it GeoCities or is it GeoCities? I think that is a, that is an argument for the ages. Dude, that's a whole other podcast. That's uh, you got to have me on again. The podcast of GeoCities. 
pronounce GeoCities? We can't be the first people to ask this question. Oh, that's I actually. So my first. I'm willing to believe that we are the first people to ask this question. <laughs> I doubt it. Because when GeoCities so, came out, nobody gave a shit about correcting people's grammar on the internet. It was too early, and nobody was spelling well. People were still amazed by the internet. They didn't have to come up with things to do with it. You know, my first, my first GeoCity site, first of many, but my first one was during college. I wrote a uh, comic strip for the college newspaper. I drew and illustrated and wrote a comic strip for the college newspaper. And I thought, you know, people like this so much that I should make a GeoCity site where I upload all the scans of them. So I did. I would scan like my all my comics into this uh, this uh, GeoCity site and put them Geo up there. GeoCities. Had a little like uh, you know, you used to have like the counter, your visitor counter up there. It would like you know show up every time I'm playing. Like like, like twelve hundred people, man. It's a big fucking deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you made it in the world when you're you're you actually put a counter on there and people show up. That's right. Hey, it, was, hey, it was the University of Texas, man. It wasn't a small school, right? I, uh, I was in the college newspaper for a couple of years with a comic strip, and it was about uh, a talking monkey and a talking toucan. So pretty pretty deep stuff. Not bright or boogity kind of deep, but... <laughs> Jesus. Was, I mean, I assume a toucan can get pretty deep on you. Oh, oh yeah, boy. Man. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, so as we round the corner to two hours, should we uh, rate this movie? Damn it! How did that happen? Yeah, I knew we were, we were talking, and I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." And you're like, ah, "I don't talk as much as Matt. It won't be that bad." I'm like, yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> nice. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna this is gonna sound real dirty. We're gonna uh, rate Mr. Boogity on the FAP scale. Um, Get it? Zero zero to five. Uh, first of all, we're gonna start with the feature. Uh, Michael, as our guest, you get to go first. Describe feature. Describe the feature. <laughs> Describe what the what we're scoring. It, saying feature is is kind of a tough thing to. Corey, I fucking know you're making me look like a dickhead in front of our internet friends. <laughs> <laughs> By not muting you. Yeah, I I run I run the show here. Not at all, not whatsoever. Uh, feature is going to be the story. Uh, was it original? Was it interesting? How was how was the acting? <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> I would be acting. All right. So I go to, what is this? Uh, zero to five? Yep. Zero to five jalapeno or whatever. All right. Um, let's see. I would give the story, as much as I love Mr. Boogity, I'm going to give the story, um, I'm going to give it a 2.5. Um, Still respectable. Yeah. Because, I mean, like I said, it's very Amityville. And I think the colonial thing has been explored a lot. I think they they were kind of trying to play off a little witch trials kind of spookiness, so you know it was it was all right. But I, I think they were just I think they were punching. I think they were you know just like punching the right keys to get a horror story in forty five minutes. Um, how was the acting? I mean, look, fuck. If you're talking to Faustino, stellar. <laughs> really tough, Faustino. Clearly, Swanson is in her prime. Um, she's, you know, she's, she's hitting all the right notes. She's finding her groove. Um, she's young, she's energetic. She's, she's got it down. Um, I'd say the supporting cast, I'd say Aston, obviously he phoned this one in, but he's John Aston. You can do that. Um, you know, we're, we're just watching to see him, you know, we, we, we want to see the man. We don't really care about the character he's playing. The man lends the credibility there. Uh, Richard Mazur, is that his name? Master Mazur. Um, the dad, I, I feel like 
he brought a little too much of himself into the role, if that makes any sense. I feel like um, this is the kind of father he probably was to his own kids. And I think there's an honesty to that. But at the same time, um, I think it kind of made it harder for me to believe him in that situation. Yeah, contextually, it was a little tough. And then Mimi, Mimi, I think, is just a rock. I don't think Mimi's somebody that's going to turn into performance that's going to rock you, that's going to be like, hey, Oscar, well, this is Emmy-worthy stuff. But I think, I think Mimi... You know, she's the rock. She's the person you build that uh, you build it around. So, all in all, uh, putting all the other composite, I'll give it a three. I'll say it's a three overall on the on the F on the feature. <laughs> Started out at a two and a half, and he ended up at three. That, that, well, the acting just pushed it up. Fair enough. Mimi uh, Kennedy, Mimi Kennedy, is so solid. It, yeah. <laughs> Corey, how about you? Uh, every time Mimi Kennedy laughed and did the laugh snort it it seemed to i can see that the score jumped up also mazer was the dad in license to drive i think i mentioned that earlier his uh, his yeah. acting ability in that film seemed right on par with how he was acting in this it it you would think oh well he probably would have completely stepped it up because this is a big screen movie it's got the two Corys in it it's got heather graham in one of her earliest roles I mean, that's got to be where he's going to hit his his hardest of just like, I'm going to bring you everything I can. And it I watched it recently. It feels exactly like how he was in this. So he, I think he was bringing this all to this. Uh, it, 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 he didn't have a lot of lines in Risky Business. He did have the, the what the fuck line. But that's all. Yeah. So between everybody, it, it elevates because of John Astin. It, it certainly was better than I expected. When I started seeing the actors' names show up on the screen, I was a little bit more enthused than I probably would have been at the beginning. So I'm, I'm going to go with the 2.5. I got real confused at one point. I was like, what movie are you even talking about? <laughs> yeah. All right, what do you got, Matthew? Two, two. Let us know. What's your F? Tell us about your F. Two. That's all nice. I got. I mean, it, yeah. Too drunk to taste this chicken. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's <laughs> it was way better than I thought it was going to be. As I've mentioned, holy shit, you're on a death by coconut now. Yeah, it's good, man. Do you like it? It's got a little, ch- got a little chocolate flavor. It's nice. Yeah, it's good. Tastes like a mouth. Oscar Blues is good brewery. It does, right? They've never put out a beer that I don't like. Oscar Blues, they're really good. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to Colorado uh, this summer, and I'm hoping to make a trip by the brewery when I go. I, when I was in Austin, I found uh, Barrel Age 1050. Ooh, nice, buddy. Yeah, I was pretty pumped about that. Um, yeah, I give it a two. I mean, it was it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Like, I expected this to be zeros across the board. And then uh, David Faustino showed up. Can't give that guy a yep. zero. All right. Uh, back to the imagine a world. Imagine a world where Christy Swanson played Kelly Bundy. You know what? I, you know, man, I don't think she has it. I think I think Applegate was born for that role. I, agree I think with she that. was really born for it. Well, if I you remember the that... first season of Married with Children, I've been watching them. They've been playing in reruns at five o'clock in the morning when I get up. Nice. The the role was very different. It wasn't Kelly Bundy was super hot. It was more she was the the bad girl who would who would steal things, who would just you could imagine her vandalizing stuff. She, like she hung out with the bad kids, but. It wasn't that there were the guys that were beating down her door. It was suddenly next season Kelly developed and everybody's like, 
holy shit, what is this Christina Applegate girl? And yeah, that see. changed the dynamic of the character. It totally did. And I think Chrissy Swanson, Chrissy Swanson, like if you're going to do in percentages, like Christina Applegate as a young Christina Applegate had the ability like she had the like 30% bad girl, 70% girl next door, which is a good split for Kelly Bundy. But we, like Swanson's like 90-10. Like she's got a little bit of bad girl to her, which we saw in like that. Uh, what's like a, the perfect expression of that is like what was what the movie she did with Charlie Sheen? The Chase. Like, right the chase, right. Like that was a perfect, that was a perfect Christy Swanson role because it's like 90% good girl, like brought up well, good family and everything like that, but 10% bad girl there. And I don't think that's enough for Kelly Bundy because the upbringing in that, in uh, in Married with Children is clearly much more prone to be a bad girl. So I think I think that was a, that was an Applegate role, man. I, I can't imagine that universe. Although look at her her lead picture on IMDb of her sitting on a motorcycle in what is essentially black spandex and tall leather boots, and it'll make your day. I call that beat material. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take a whole lot to get me excited. Um, All right, let's. Well, <laughs> What am I rating next? What's my next rating here? Uh, attention. Uh, how does how, Would you purchase this movie in physical format in a world of all digital? Um, clearly, you've recommended it to friends, so. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, man, um, does it earn a place on my shelf? Uh, that's that's a weird question for me because I'm a, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a cord cutter and like I stream everything, but it's on my YouTube favorites list. boy. So, yeah, like. I mean, I think this is one you bring out and you show. Like, I, I'm, I'm gonna watch this with my kids at some point. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really am. Like, it's, it's, it's got some rewatchability. It's cute. It's funny. It's campy. You know, it's got enough. Like, uh, it, I'm gonna rank it oddly high here, um, just because, just of the campy nature of it and the fact that it's a Disney flick is that it never goes too far into being too scary. Like, I wouldn't show my four year old just yet, but my eight year old will find it hilarious. He finds it hilarious for the same reason I do. Like, who doesn't love a pop and lock mummy? Like, you know, that's, 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 that's universal stuff. So clearly I recommend it to friends. I give this a, uh, I'll give it a solid three. Give it a solid, uh, no, no, let's go higher than that. Let's just say four. Four. Let's say four and rewatch your bill. Just because of the charm. Honestly, it, look, we, we kid around a lot, but it's not a quality movie. It's a, it's a Disney Sunday movie. It's made on a shoestring budget. It's probably shot in six weeks. But, you know, it's fine. You can watch it with kids. You watch it with family. You can have a laugh with friends. That's yeah. Give it a four. Fuck it. Fair enough. Corey. Uh, same thing. I think that it would depend on who I'm sharing it with. It's not an audience for everybody. It's, it's certainly an audience for younger viewers. If I wanted to do a, a kid's episode of podcast of terror, this would have been a good one to pull out for that. It's true. So I, <sighs> I, I can't say it's my favorite, but if I had watched it as a kid in the same way that I watched Saturday the 14th as a kid over and over again, it probably would have landed a lot higher for me. So I'm going to go with a three just based off of it. I can't fault it for being something I discovered in my 40s as opposed to something in my teens or younger. Fine, Dick. <clears throat> I gave it a four because this is definitely something that I would get drunk and watch with friends as a joke. So... Okay. All right. Good the talk. joke being that you have friends. Fuck you. Hey. <laughs> hey. You know what? Fuck court. I'm your friend now. Like. Oh, I, now, I'm, now I'm, I have to get you drunk to be my friend, mother. Yes. That's how, how it always works, Matt. That's how friendship always works. That's true. <laughs> Tomorrow morning he won't talk to me. 
we like seven yeah, thirty in the morning. Here. I'm like, hey, hey, Mike, how you doing? Just crickets. Fuck. New phone. Who this? What? The- <laughs> see, you don't have an iPhone because you're not an adult, so I'm never going to see that you read it. Oh, we're doing this again. Jesus Christ. So fucking. Uh, somebody sent me for work. They sent me. I, I asked them, like, hey, can you send me a breakdown of the cost you did for whatever? And they sent me a goddamn Apple, what is it called? Pages? No, not pages. What is it called? Like, so, whatever the Apple spreadsheet format is. What Does anybody know what that is? Can you say it? Isn't it numbers? No. Numbers, yeah, like dot numbers. And, like, they sent that to me. And my immediate response was, hey, can you send that to me in an adult format, please? What is adult? There's numbers. Which the and and I'm strictly Microsoft. Like I don't have a Mac anywhere in my house, but I have an iPhone because I had bad luck with Android. So there's literally yeah. You know what, man? Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying there's nothing wrong with Android. I just didn't have good luck with it, so I went to an iPhone. Well, and here's the like, God, this is gonna get so tech nerdy for a minute. So I worked for an app company for a while, so I've got all sorts of nerdy shit to say. You, you but, do um, realize that Corey works in tech support, and I'm a systems engineer for a, a pharmaceutical benefit management company, right? Jesus, I'm in deep water now. You're among friends. Um, so, <laughs> you're in a safe space here. <laughs> um, so I, I was an iPhone user for a long time. That was when I got really into smartphones. Like I was kind of an early smartphone adopter. I had an early, early Windows phone before there was even an iPhone. But like, you know, when they were like doing the PDA hybrid kind of thing. And yeah. uh, the trios, my wife had a trio. I had a Microsoft phone. Like, uh, but you know, well, I was an iPhone. I was, you know, I was totally down with the iPhone. I switched to Android two years ago and uh, I was considering like just going back to iPhone. But uh, I just picked up the Pixel, the Google Pixel. Mm, that's Pretty what I'm rocking. Solid. Well, the XL, but yeah. Good yeah, I got the XL. Yeah, it's a good phone, man. It's really good. And I was look. I've always been one that says like Apple does the environment better than anybody. They do the they do the UI, they do the UX better than anybody. Like the whole user experience is way better. But they it's pretty close now, man. Like, and it's because I'm such a Google nerd. I use Google Apps for every. It's it's re, it's it's gonna be hard to pull me away from the Pixel now. So nice. on my desk, I got my two old Windows phones with the slide out keyboards. Uh, hey. Just the old classics. You could play solitaire with a stylus, and that's about it. Yeah. Yep. I, my my thing with with iPhones is I appreciate how good they are. I appreciate the experience for the general user. It's just that it's a closed ecosystem, and I'm not a fan of that for me personally. But that that's exactly why I would recommend it to so many other people. Is that it's it's safer, it's easier. You know, you're not going to get overloaded with a lot of stuff. It's just like I want to know how to do this. It's really simple. It's laid right out. It all comes through their store. I need something that I can have more control over, and that's why I'm Android. See, yeah, I switched totally. off of Android when I bricked one, and I was like, let's just get an iPhone because nah. then I can't break it. But that's you bricking it. Yeah, and you can brick an iPhone. Oh, you totally can brick an iPhone. But the other thing is the fact is like, when I get a new iPhone, I plug it into my computer, and it just loads everything for me, and it's the way that my last phone was. I got that sick of nice. every time I get because I like new, shiny tech. That's, 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 we, we all do. Maybe not Peach, but um, I didn't like like having to set everything up and put in all my contacts, put in the email, and just fucking I could just plug the phone in and just let it go. Yeah, no, that is, and they do that better than almost anybody. Hey, did we get your uh, rewatchability score? Four. <laughs> did we get Bless it from you. Matt? Bless you. Yeah, I gave it a four. Corey gave it a three. You gave it a four. Okay, gotcha. So we're Sorry, on to the P. No, 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 you're good. We get off track here real easily. I'm pretty drunk Susie right was now, up. so Susie. 
Get your shit together, Susie. Bless you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm sick as shit, by the way. So it's, it's starting to come through now. Which, the medicine's where it's funny. But it's either the drunker I get or the drunker you get. But the less, he's, the less sick you sound. Nice. Well, I'll just keep drinking then. But I noticed that your your man bun's gotten real high. Yeah, it's pushing up. It's going to turn into a top knot at this point. Damn it. It's my mood. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. Uh, Beach wow. is dying. This is our first on-air death. Let it go. Yeah, I'm not lying. The Sudafed's wearing off, so. Fair enough. Uh, well, let's go ahead and let's get out of here. I mean, it's been a really long fucking time, and some of us are in the central time zone, so it's late as dick. Um, Finish the fat scale. Finish the fat scale, you coward. <clears throat> Yeah, you never want to leave yourself hanging. So we're, let's let's do the P of the FAP. Uh, how about the the effects? Were you surprised? Were you on the edge of your seat during Mr. Boogity? Uh, so I, I'm going to go, and before I throw my explanation, I'm going to just go through the writing out early. Is it possible to give a six? <laughs> you can. Yeah. We did that last week. You can do whatever time. you want. Okay, because this was horrifying, right? <laughs> so when you see, you know, I, I guess what got me was that I saw John Aston early. And while you know when you see John Aston, there's a good chance you might get a little bit of a spook, you might get a little bit of a scare. But in general, his charm is that he's going to comfort you as a fatherly figure, right? Like he kind of tells you, like even though this is a frightening premise, everything's going to be okay. And so that kind of set me up. But once I saw the pain and agony in Mr. Boogity's in his uh, in in the woman he was courting and her child. And I actually Mr. Boogity appeared to me. Like I, I feel like I was betrayed. So it was a combination of fear and betrayal that really pushed that scale up. And I, I feel like, you know, it, I'm like an addict. Like I'll watch Mr. Boogity time and time again. And that, that fear, that betrayal, um, the fright that I got is never going to subside. But I'm going to seek it time and time again. So I really, I, I credit John Aston to for that for really pulling me in and fooling me for making me think everything was going to be okay. And then. He just fucked me. Did you give it a number? It's six. Six? Okay. It is, I just wanted to make sure. Scary as shit. I told Matt when I, when we first were talking about what movie we were going to pick, I said, when I was a kid, this scared the shit out of me. And I was really trying to think about, like, and, and honestly, though, like, I was trying to think about, like, what scared me when I was a kid, why it was so scary. And I couldn't really put my, my finger on one particular thing. And I think it was just, like, like there's an overall like when you're a kid watching that movie, there's an existential dread that happens in that movie that you can't quite fathom as a kid. You can't quite wrap your mind around because you're so young. You can't figure out like why does this bother me so much? Because there's like a hanging problem the entire time, and that's like again going back to my apparently we've discovered my messed up childhood. But like that's like a scary thing for like a kid. It's like there's a hanging problem that you have no idea what it is, but it really scares kids. So look out and uh. Again, I think like it being so like uh, that's probably why this movie was so memorable in terms of like Disney Sunday movies or whatever, because it kind of played with both. It played with like that innocence of uh, like it's a Disney movie, it's family. You can trust this because it's you know it's it's Disney. It's gonna be cute. It's gonna be fun. But like there was legitimately like some touches of real horror conventions in there. And while that weren't working on adults, I think I'm like what was that when this movie came out? God, it was like what movie was this? It's eighty six, eighty seven, eighty six. 86, yeah, I was six or seven years old. I mean, that kind of like suspense and uh, like I say, that dread that they build into it is probably pretty legit when you're six years old. So, yeah, if if I'm if I'm legitimately rating it as a six year old, I'm calling it a six. Fair <laughs> so, enough. Yeah, if I can rate it as a six year old, I'm saying it's a six. 
It also does one of those things that happens a lot with any kind of horror movies with children and and even adults. And that is the I've seen this thing. It's coming to get us. But nobody believes me. And and, and yeah, the, the kids have a really good relationship with their parents. The, the daughter is is bitching from the very beginning. Like, why are we moving to this shitty house? Why do we have to move to this new town? She's already in a bad mood about everything, and she sees it, and she's like, "This is this is crazy. Why are we going to go stay here?" But the the two boys, who initially don't believe the sister about the the Mister Boogity thing, they love their dad. Their dad loves them. Their their parents are great parents, and they have a lot of great joking relationship stuff with them because their their dad is basically like a big kid. But when it comes to the point of, but dad, we need you to trust us now because we're not playing games anymore. This is serious. And the parents just completely blow it off. And that's, to me, I think where one of the things that kids always feel connected to in movies like this and what they find horrifying is that my parents don't trust me when I need them to trust me. And there is a lot of things to be said about that, because when you're a kid, you have monsters that live under your bed or you have a monster in your closet. You have all these things that scare you because you're not experience with the world yet and so every stray noise and every stray shadow is going to cause you fear and you've got a person who comes to the room and says no it's all okay you're fine don't worry about it monsters aren't real all these things that you believe in aren't real and that isn't comforting you, you kind of like as a parent you have to kind of come down to their level and say okay well what can i do to make you feel safer not no it's all right don't worry about it you you you're wrong you know, and, and I'm just going to go back to drinking my beer and watching my TV as opposed to actually paying attention to why you're scared. I, I, I get from being a six year old, if I had watched that, that that's probably where emotionally I would have been taken with it. Uh, but I didn't see it when I was six. I saw it when I was 45 and at 45 didn't fill me with a lot of panic. But I think that the effects being what they were in, in a silly way were, were generally pretty good. There was a moment where uh David Bustino is being pulled up into the air. He's he's picking up something to attack Mr. Boogity, like a, a, a fireplace thing, and he goes to lift it, and it starts blowing up as a balloon, and it lifts him off the ground. I'm like, why doesn't he just let go? But they actually ask the question, can't you just let go? And he's like, no, my hands are stuck. I'm glad that they explained that. So that made me... Uh, I, I found appealing to it a little bit more in that regard. I'll give it a two. I like that 1980s Disney is answering more questions in horror movies than 2017 movies. Seriously. Like, they stopped in the middle of that take. They're like, hey, guys, hold on. Hold on a minute. Why doesn't he let go? They probably have, like, a meeting off the side. <laughs> Everybody, we need, to, we need to figure this one out before we go on. We need to, re- we need to reshoot. Uh, I give it a zero. <laughs> I mean, I don't really Fuck. need to explain a whole lot. If you've seen Mr. Boogity, it makes sense. Dick. <laughs> Sorry. Corey, you want to take us out of here? Yeah, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. You can email us at pot at gncast.com, or you can leave us a message on the gncast.com website, and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to... What scared you as a kid? That's one of those things that I kind of want to get back to at some point. We've talked about... I think I've mentioned both movies that scared me the most when I was a child. One we reviewed, which was the first Halloween. Another one is still coming up. But we'd like to hear from you guys. When you were a kid, what scared you? Was it kid stuff? Was it adult stuff that maybe you shouldn't have seen, like It? Uh, give us give us a shout-out and let us know, and we'd like to maybe review it sometime. 
Also, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast of Terror. You can subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcatchers. And you can leave us feedback there. We appreciate reviews. Uh, five stars if you can. Thumbs up if you want to. That helps us out. It certainly helps us find new listenership, which we'd always like to do. We'd like to grow the audience and have as many of you to talk to as we can. Also, all subscription options and links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe. And you can join our Facebook page under Galactic Network or our new Facebook page, Podcast of Terror. We actually made our own. Beach. If people wanted to find you on the internet, where would they where would they do that? Where are they gonna find the notes from your stenographer oh. keeping the records the entire time? All <laughs> that's the most important part. That will be in the uh, Williamson County record. Um, so if you want to find me, um, first and foremost, uh, if you want to find out about uh, our brand, go to the hate.com, which is the hate H V I I I Roman numeral eight on the end of that. That's the hate.com. Uh, that is hate brand goods. That is my company. That's Matt's company. Uh, that is the core of what we do. Uh, if you want to find me personally, uh, go on Instagram, find beach with nine E's in the middle, because apparently there's a lot of beaches up to that eight one. I was always wondering if you there. knew how many E's were in there. Oh, I know exactly. I got a got to call it out. It's my call sign, Beach with Nine Eight. So, uh, and then on YouTube, uh, I do vlog very regularly. I'm not a daily vlogger, but a couple times a week, you're going to see uploads from me. Uh, it's just about running the business, about training to be a Highland Games athlete, and never uh, about being on the podcast tour. <laughs> never. You'll never hear a word about that, and about being a dad and all the kind of associated stuff that goes along with trying to do all those things at once. And slowly failing at all of them but you know slowly enough so nobody notices so yeah youtube uh look for me mike beach youtube.com forward slash mike beach b-e-e-c-h you'll find me there but yeah this has been a ton of fun guys like this is uh this is outside of my normal comfort zone this is uh you know like i said i'm not i'm not what you call a horror or terror aficionado but uh it's neither are we <laughs> yeah i think after 80 something episodes we've proven that we are not experts yeah. we're just we don't here know. to have fun but yeah, like I, I like stories. I, I like stories being told. I, I think that anything that explores the idea of stories being told and how they're presented, I think that's cool. And I, I dig that stuff. So I like what you guys are doing. Thank you for having me on. It was really awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You, you get the, uh, I can't really say it's like an honor because we literally give it to everyone, but you get the, whenever you want to come back, you can come back. Oh yeah. I will do that, man. Uh, maybe, I mean, look, Bride of Boogity's out there. Just saying. Yeah. Certainly we have to do Bride of, the, Bride of Boogity. That's, um, True. After that, you can pick some other movies. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We could do that. I, we already I about honestly have never seen that movie. Totally fair. Totally oh. fair. Great suggestion. That's got to be it. Then. That's got to be it. All right. So we do Bride of Boogity, then we do Killer Clowns, and then we'll figure something out. It'll be Christmas by then. <sighs> Although you you seem a lot easier to work with schedule wise than your counterpart. Well, he just does have to seem mysterious and hard to get to. He just he wants to seem cooler than he is. <laughs> I could totally see that. I have no illusions. Fair enough. Like uh, cool, coolness is not my first descriptor. So I can tell. I can tell when I saw your man bun. Dude, <laughs> that, yeah, man bun brings me powers, man. You don't understand. Yeah, right, whatever, Corey. Where can people find you? Uh, unfortunately, I'm not using GeoCities, but you can find the comics that I help either write or publish at donascomics.com. Terrific. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at the lifeguard. Or if you want to see how much drinking I do in the middle of the week, you can find me on Untapped as Drown the Mat. That's going to do it for another episode of the Podcast of Terror. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Ashley and Martin, for being in the chat. Um, 
Bye. Hi there. This is Brett Stewart from Geek Cinema Society. Are you a film lover? Do you consider yourself a connoisseur of the silver screen? Well, Geek Cinema Society is a weekly roundtable program where each episode we touch on a film considered pivotal to geek culture. From Blade Runner to The Goonies to Mad Max, we dig into it all. Plus, our guest each week hasn't seen that week's film until the episode. Join me and my co-hosts, Nicole Davis and David Luzader, on a spectacularly fun journey that hits your podcast feed every Sunday. Available on Blazing Caribou Studios. Next week on the Podcast of Terror. Next week, Corey and I celebrate Easter, everyone's favorite rabbit-based holiday, uh, with a movie called Easter Bunny Bloodbath. Uh, we took a look at all the Easter-based horror films, and true. this looks as shitty as the other ones. And it promises girl-on-girl action. That's that's how Corey came to the realization that we needed to watch it. So, Always looking out for you, people. We love you guys. 2010's Easter Bunny Bloodbath will be the movie next week. Make sure you check it out. Um... Yeah, thanks again for listening to another episode of the podcast. Here, we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay scary, everybody. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. <laughs>